Flyover Politic Podcast, the show for normal Americans. From his undisclosed bunker, here's your host, Tony Reed. To the gun manufacturers, who count on sales to go up every time kids are killed in their classrooms, we see you. To the politicians who trade the lives of their constituents from gun lobbyists, we see you very well. To the NRA who pretend that weapons designed to maximize human slaughter have anything to do with the Second Amendment, we We see see you. you. And to the people marching this Saturday, the people saying, We'll see you there. And welcome back to Flyover Politic Podcast. It is the 26th of March, year of our Lord, 2018. Of course, we're going to have a lot of March for Life, as stated. And a little bit about the omnibus. Not a lot, but... Wow. Wowzy wow wow with the crazy wow. A lot of interesting things came out of this March. Everything we thought, the groups that supported it, the media that promoted it, and yada yada. But I want to make sure we go up front and know the facts. NBC Wall Street Journal. Make sure you understand. That came from liberals. It was liberally weighted 13%. 13% more Democrats than Republicans. 58% agree with the statement that gun ownership does not does more to increase safety by allowing law abiding citizens to protect themselves. 38% say it's not. It is up from 52 and 99 and 47. Uh, 52 being said gun ownership reduces safety. So within 19 years, the country realized, yeah, I need guns. But when you break it down by party, which is why I'm covering this, I'm not shocked by this poll. I I talk to Americans, regular Americans, not bubble people. And it's obvious people carry guns, have guns, believe in guns. It's the American way, for fuck's sake. If you don't like it, go to Canada. But... 89% of Republicans believe this theory that guns make you safer. 65% of independents, which once again, remember, independents win the elections. 28% of Democrats. So that's why what you're seeing in the street is Democrats. Democrats in the streets. Democrat media saying this is everybody. When you break it down, it was 1,100 adults they're saying a margin error, three percentage points, but you can take that three off. Uh, plurality believe guns keep you safer. Then you go to, could it be the media has given the majority, majority Stoneman Douglas children, gun control activists so much positive hype because they don't want America to know those kids are in the minority? A USA Today IPSOS, IPSOS poll taken after Parkland found that fewer than half of students, 13 to 17, think tightening gun laws and background checks will prevent mass shooting. Less than half. In 2017, a Pew, 58% of young people favored gun control at the time, with 39 preferring non-restrictive stance. But right now, even the kids don't believe what these people are pushing. And you'll see it by the numbers that actually show up. Other things. So I'm sitting in a hospital watching March for Lives on Fox with my dad. He turns to me and says, Lisa, turn this shit off. By a miracle, I survived yesterday. I don't need to watch brain ki- watch kids ranting. I'm getting so mad, I might have another stroke. And I thought that was really funny. And then Michael Ian Black. 
It occurs to me these Parkland kids are now in the media glare they cannot possibly be ready for. They might fuck up at some point, and when they do, I hope people are kind. That was during the rally, because as we'll see when we get to that point, it wasn't pretty. So, the omnibus is a big crock of shit. I'm going to say right off bat, what I said last time, Republicans curbed what Democrats want way more than Democrats curbed what Republicans want. So, border security falls short, but there's still money for it. Overseas private investor corporations is a problem. Fixed NICs with no concealed carry measure was a problem. But fixed NICs is in there, but you're still seeing fuck the NRA. Cloud Act without committee oversight. Clarifying lawful overseas use of data act. The Supreme Court is considering a case that addresses an issue at the heart of Cloud Act. So this all might be for nothing. Uh, TSA, um, Congress is providing $7.9 billion in discretionary funding and increase of $114.6 million for 2017. And we funded the JFK Opera House funding. Katie Pavlich sums it up. The fact that Republicans continue to fund Planned Parenthood with $500 million in taxpayer money is truly astounding. Neocong, for Christ's sakes, why don't they just cut out the middleman and hand it straight to the DNC? As you will see, once again, in our Fire for Fact, my God, they, their flyers are all over the place. This was a big DNC ballyhoo. It was such a win for Democrats. Democrat desperate for a win. Hail spending bill. This helped Manchin, Tester, uh, Joe Donnelly, Heidi Heitkamp, and about four others because they got pork. They got fucking pork off this omnibus. The only thing I will say was positive about it because by the time I got to this, it's a little late. Uh, yeah, the military spending went up, but... And transgenders are going away, which is a positive. But why we still fund a fund Democratic straight causes, I don't understand. And why do we give pork to the Democrats? I mean, for Christ's sake, folks. Did any of this ever happen under Obama? No. So that's our front load. Let's fire for effect. <laughs> Of course, is in Pennsylvania, 
uh, where they banned some students because they went to the range. And those are parents going off on them. Secondly, in Pennsylvania, a different superintendent, we have piles of rocks for students to use to stop shooters. That's a real thing. I didn't make that up. That somebody dumb came up with that idea. Then there, of course, this is all the four stuff. I'm kind of pr- building up to the, the case that's going to be this horrible march. Uh, Tyra Hemans, 19, a senior, told CNN she supports parts of the new polity, such as the ID requirement. But she believes other security measures, such as forcing students to carry clear backpacks, don't actually address the real problem. I'm not happy in it. Why are you punishing me for one person's actions? Hog, all of them have done this. So, I, I know you've read it by now, if you are on Twitter. So these kids who are telling everybody, we're going to get away your rights because we can. You're going to, we're going to outlive you. You're all going to die. Blah, blah, blah. Now their rights are infringed and oh my God, they got their panties in a goddamn twist. Are you serious? So the NRI TV, Colin Noir, African American, who the hell gave David Hogg the third the authority to put on his white man's burden costume to save me from myself by marching to restrict my rights to own a gun that at one point I wasn't considering human enough to own? This is the shit we're co-signing. Shannon Watts was very upset about that. The only way the NRA could fight the wave of gun sense sweeping the nation is to attack and dehumanize their opponents. I'm not reading the rest. Do, do they even read what they write? Shannon Watts has spent her entire life dehumanizing their opponents. Remember, we were all children killers that were part of the NRA. The media coverage has been 11 to 1. The 1 is Fox News. And as you will see in this soundbite, for the love of everything holy, could you just pretend... You're not part of every town, CNN. And students from across the country descending on Washington, preparing for a massive history-making march. It's not a red and blue problem. It's a red, white, and blue problem. It's an American issue. An American generation demanding action. This comes on the eve of what could be one of the largest protests in U.S. history, called the March for Our Lives. Students from Parkland joining millions of other teens in cities from coast to coast to demand gun law reforms. Today, hundreds of Marjorie Stoneman Douglas students arrived in Washington. Fed up with school shootings in Parkland, Florida, and across the nation, upwards of 500,000 people here planning a march for our lives tomorrow. Are you touched by the fact that kids are coming from all over the United States for this? I'm absolutely touched by it. I think it shows that there is a lot, a massive amount of support for this movement. With rallies in 800 locations in the nation and around the world, there's a sense what's happening now is not far removed from another powerful movement. I absolutely think this is kind of like the protests of the Vietnam War because we're... We're having a war on our streets. Blood, American young blood, is being spilled every day. Hoping their message takes root from the streets of Washington all the way back home. Back here, up to a half million protesters are expected to flood the nation's capital tomorrow for the March for Our Lives. It's an anti-gun violence rally organized by students impacted by the Parkland school shooting and endorsed by a growing number of celebrities. NBC's Kerry Sanders is on Capitol Hill. Kerry, good morning to you. Well, good morning, Craig. Most of the kids coming here are too young to vote, but their protest voice is gaining momentum, so they're bringing it here to the center of power. 
Washington. This morning, as many as a half million teenagers preparing to march against gun violence in Washington, D.C., and tens of thousands more will also raise their voices Saturday at similar protests across the country and even around the world. More than 800 marches are planned for Saturday, from Bismarck to Salt Lake City, Memphis to Springfield, Virginia, and everywhere in between. Children now taking on a very adult topic, politics, and hoping they can teach the grown-ups a lesson. Tomorrow, right here in Washington, D.C., thousands of students from all across the country, including survivors from last month's deadly high school shooting in Parkland, Florida, will march on Washington. The March for Our Lives will demand lawmakers and President Trump do something to stop gun violence and mass shootings on school grounds. Looking ahead to the march, I wanted to hear from Americans who have grieved and survived and are pushing for change here in D.C. And last night, I listened to 11 people, thanks to the help of Every Town for Gun Safety, ranging from a woman who lost her father in Columbine 20 years ago to two students from Parkland, Florida, who lost friends and teachers just last month. I heard from a high school who lost her father to gun suicide and a librarian who shielded children at Sandy Hook. And what I walked away with was this. Despite their irreplaceable losses, they have new hope thanks to powerful young voices. When you get that breaking news alert on your phone that it has happened again, what does that feel like for you? To hear her believe in you all and hope in this plight, 20 years in the making, how does that sit with you? You are running for Congress in Georgia's 6th District. What pushed you over? You can also find out if you are interested in where marches are happening uh, near you. Text MARCH to 64433. Join CNN tomorrow for complete live coverage of March Across America. And so I just wanted to come to Washington and I wanted to talk to Americans who have grieved and survived and are pushing for change. And last night I listened to 11 people, thanks to the help of Every Town for Gun Safety, ranging from a woman who lost her father in Columbine 20 years ago to two students from Parkland, Florida. Yeah, Vic Mensa. Who who needs to fall back? Uh, I'm going with the uh, Sacramento Police Department. Yeah, how about that? After though? shooting the man unarmed in his backyard. Uh, well, you watched the video, and uh, obviously it was chaotic, it was dark, but the line that crossed between assessing a situation and excessive force homicide was a second's. It was a second's time to pass, and then they emptied the clip, 20 shots, you know? It just seems like they need more training. They need more accountability. I mean, I'm over here. My foot is kind of broken right now because uh, I got in a motorcycle crash, and I did my two days of motorcycle training, mm -hmm. you know? But things can still go wrong. It seems like maybe they're not even doing it. What appear to be excessive force killings and, and shootings is less, but the rate that they're occurring in the United States uh, has not dropped much. And so that's also, uh, I think, to some degree, a, a statement about the press. It's media fatigue. I mean, you know, it's the same way. I get tired of stories. Like, I, I saw this one recently, and, uh, you know, I read it, and I moved on. It's not like maybe when out in Sterling and Philando Castile got shot, I was like devastated, right. you know? Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, you can only really hear the same thing so many times, but uh, I think at a point in time there needs to be action behind it. Yeah. Bill, what's your other fallback? Here's a question in six months. Uh, what will have more of an impact on Washington? The Stormy Daniels interview in 60 Minutes or the gun march? And I know that seems on one hand an absurd notion, but on the other hand it's about 
what has what has more impact on this town in the next six months? I grant you the gun march, I think, is a long-term movement in the next six months, Casey. That's what I would say. I think that the gun march and the degree of engagement from so many people uh, at such a young age and the emotion that we saw on display yesterday, I do think that that is a, a sea change that mm-hmm. is going to catch up with this Congress in the longer term. I do. I do. I, on the Stormy Daniels front, I'm not sure we can answer the question yet on that. You know, Heather, I, I noted earlier, there's really a handful of marches that you remember, that our town remembers the civil rights marches of the 60s, the um, abortion rights marches of the 80s and 90s, um, Tea Party, Million Man March, I think about those things. Um, this is right up there. Absolutely. And I think it's shocked many people how significant they were. Um, how, uh, count me as one. Count you as one. Yeah. Um, how worldwide they were in places like, uh, you know, South Carolina and North Dakota. Again, something like the Women's March, you realize that there are these sort of moral questions that feel like they're dividing lines and galvanizing points for particularly women, mm-hmm. people of color, and young people who are saying that there is a corruption at the heart of our politics right now. The fact that money in politics and the way that the NRA is able to uh, put their financial interests and their political interests ahead of the lives of children, for young people, that is a very, very stark moral issue. And so what you're seeing here is the moral high ground that I think people in Washington are not used to having debates at that level. And that's where the energy is. And that's why when they chant, vote them out, if I were a Republican, I'd be very scared. It's like one long every town commercial. Giffords. So David Hogg before, politicians, yeah, let's make it easier to vote. Politicians also, wait, let's require voters to have IDs so we can suppress the vote of the people so I can get reelected via a system that disproportionately affects people of color. And that was before. Somebody called him out on the thread, David Hogg today. God bless all of you. And David Hogg, I'm an atheist. He tried to back it up, but listen, I support the security of our election, but not when he uses a system that suppresses the American vote. He thinks he's the smartest kid ever. And somebody responds, let's have 16-year-olds with no ID vote. Does this twit have any adult supervision? That's a gigantic no. Sarah Chadwick, who's wearing her I Want to Be Supergirl, we in Parker Line recognize that one of the main reasons we are being heard is because most of us are white. We have been working to use our white privilege to amplify the voices of minorities that deal with gun violence on a daily basis. Their voices deserve to be heard just as much. A black person. I got an idea. Shut up and let us talk. Seriously, stop talking. Minority voices don't need your privilege to elevate them. They need you to shut the fuck up so they have a chance to talk. (laughs) The rest of the white community. So when is the Southside Chicago March? Anybody? Hmm. So then Time, to get their virtue signaling in, decided to do a cover. Charlotte Alter, I spent a week with Never Again Kids. Here's an inside look at how they're reframing the gun debate as a generation divide and why they're not going anywhere from the article. Most of these kids cannot vote, order a beer, make a hotel reservation, or afford a pizza without pulling some of their allowance. On the surface, they're not so different from the previous generation of idealistic teenagers who set out to change the world, only to find it not so easy. Yet over the past month, these students have become the central organizers of what they may turn out to be the most powerful grassroots gun reform movement in nearly two decades. That statement right there is utterly false. It's a total lie, as we'll see as we go along. 
For much of the rest of the country, numbed and depressed by repeated mass shootings, the question has become, can these kids actually do it? Times Peace looks at the students' organizers on the march, framing it as something they did on their own. Yeah, right. The piece doesn't mention the fact, reported by BuzzFeed, that major leftist groups and public relations organizations have been backing them. Who are they? Planned Parenthood, Every Town, Move On, Woman's March, are just some of them. Soros, Clooney, Obama are the rest of them. Yeah. That's, that's the reality. So by the end of the day, their covers rounded the bases and none of the conservatives are on it. So the Reagan battalion put the two conservatives on it. Time, I would buy one on the right. Why? Because I'm interested in hearing the whole story. Patrick Petty, 23, and Kyle Kaschev have actually passed safety legislation to Florida, are now working to pass federal. The Florida legislation has already been used to avert a potential school shooting. The rest of them haven't because they're going straight after guns. Not actually fixing the problem. Matt's idea, idea shop, they made another one with him on the cover by himself. Kyle Kaschev. But if this is supposed to be the whole story, why wouldn't you have the other kids? Because they don't fit your narrative? Kyle Kasher has become such a lightning rod in the, the liberal surface. This is his tweet. Just landing in Baltimore on Spirit Airlines, and the stewardess felt compelled to give us all a speech about the March for Our Lives, which openly says on the petition are trying to categorically ban AR-15s and made everyone clap. Spirit, while we appreciate that our team members are individuals, we don't believe politics should be part of the guest experience. We're looking at the incidents and apologize for the comments. Yep. But remember, he was banned because of a Clay Travis tweet. And by weeks in, Clay Travis, so CNN and Brooke Baldwin, now aren't just banning me from their airwaves. They're now banning people who retweet me, calling out their hypocrisy amazing. And they, he brought them on his show. So, no bias here. None at all. Teen Vogue rolled out this shit. Emma Alpha, take one. Enzari Alpha, take one. Jacqueline Alpha, Sarah Alpha, take one. Take one. Jacqueline Alpha, take one. We all have the right to live safely in America. To live in a world where we don't run the risk of getting shot. My name is Emma Gonzalez. I'm Inzari Capra. Sarah Chadwick. Jacqueline Corin. I'm 18 years old. I'm 21 years old. 16 years old. 17 years old. I'm from Parkland, Florida. I'm originally from Illinois, and I stand for a nation without gun violence. Why do we march? I march because there are many people who no longer can. I'm marching so that generations after us don't have to. I march because this is the best way to get our voices heard. Who do we march for? For the 17 souls that were lost on February 14th, 2018. For Carmen Shantrup, Helena Ramsey, Jamie Guttenberg. And for the rest of Parkland, Florida. I march for Hadia Pendleton. My close friend was shot and killed just five minutes away from our school. In Newtown, Las Vegas, Orlando. And every person that lives their life in fear due to gun violence every single day. Why won't we stay silent? Because the violence that was ravaging our community needed to stop. What do we want to change? We want to change the gun laws in America. Why can't politicians make this change? Politicians can't make this change. 
because they don't want to. Because they're taking too much money from the NRA. Politicians can't make this change because they're not a part of the communities that are most affected by gun violence. Why does this keep happening? Because nothing has ever been done to prevent it. More guns is not going to create less gun violence. Arming teachers isn't going to solve a gun problem. Look at the countries who've never had to deal with this. They've done something right, and we've done something wrong, and we're too embarrassed to admit that we've done something wrong. If you all truly want to stop gun violence, you will look at all of the different elements of it, from failing school systems to institutionalized racism, and not try to find an exception, but try to find a solution. Why are we doing this? Because it's about damn time someone did. That Emma girl, once again, is always spotted in a Hugo Chavez jacket. So, yeah, we know what she wants. Andrea Ruth, looking at these little oppressors, I hope my daughter never lives in the world they imagine. Chad Felix Green, I'm a gay guy, and I don't agree with him. What does that say? That's a woman? That's a gay guy? They don't even, they're just, Wow. Phage Sheba. These kids think that obediently following their handler's instruction constitutes building a movement. They will use you up and discard you. Another one. You're the youth of the United States. LOL. What a joke. It's a tiny percentage of brainwashed puppets being amplified by child exploitation MSM. This is a pseudo movement manufactured by leftist political interest and will be exposed for the propaganda that it is. Steve Shaw had my favorite. This is the time on sprockets when we dance. <laughs> For a, a, a note of honesty, she did not tear up the Constitution. She, tear, she tore up targets. But on the Internet, people Photoshopped it with her tearing a Constitution. And I, for the record, she wants to tear up the Constitution, but that's actually not what she did. And then we got to have our mega file. This is all prior to the march. Here is Mr. Hawk. Notice this was suppressed in the media. It leaked out prior to the march by people wanting to discredit him but he's not the poster boy that everybody thinks he is he drops the f-bomb just like me um, you know, the other side of this debate has frequently been very effective at making sure that republican members of congress for example vote in line with their priorities and challenge them in, in republican primaries those who don't uh, i'm curious do you think your side of the debate should take more stringent action against maybe even some Democrats who have wavered in the past on things like the assault weapons ban and uh, universal background checks? Oh, absolutely. We're trying to do that as much as possible because this is not a Democrat or Republican problem. There are Democrats that are supported by the NRA. And I think uh, in the same way that the NRA, they don't have that much, they spend a lot of money, but in comparison, like they spend a lot of money on campaign contributions and things like that, but in comparison to some of the other groups like uh, the National Association of Realtors, which is one of the biggest lobbyist groups, they don't spend that much. Where their power lies is in their membership because they tell people to go to specific meetings and talk to their congressmen because a lot of their membership are retired people that are able to get out and be politically active. Well, many of the people in this country that have the exact opposite belief that we should have common sense gun regulations in this country are people that are young, people that are hardworking American citizens that oftentimes don't have time to get out and speak to the congressman as much, and as such, their voices aren't equally represented at the table in Congress and across American state legislators and local. Um, I think in reality, we can use the same strategy that the NRA uses, where they, they have people go out and speak to their congressman, but we have to make sure that people 
across America, no matter uh, where they are, go and speak to the elected officials, because if they don't, their voices won't be heard. Other questions? Uh, a quick follow-up on that. So. Uh, Pennsylvania 18, for example, uh, you had Connor Lamb, who is very much, uh, he, he's against the assault weapons ban. Um, would you um, challenge that type of Democrat in the upcoming uh, midterms? Yes, we would, because it, it's as simple as this. Either you stand with the kids or you stand with the NRA. And we're asking people to put the USA over the NRA. We've allowed this to continue for too long. These people have made their voices heard, which is great, but they... They do not represent the voices of most American citizens when I say that, when they say like they don't want any gun laws. Most Americans, we can agree that most Americans want to save lives, we want to ensure the safety and security of our nation, but when we allow these lobbyist groups like the NRA and gun owners of America and so many others to own our politicians and take our voice, they continue to allow the slaughter of our future and our children. Because what we need here is Americans to make their voice heard, because they can buy our politicians, but they can't buy us. They're pathetic fuckers that want to keep killing our children. They could have blood from children spattered all over their faces and they wouldn't take action because they'll still see those dollar signs. On February 14th, a gunman killed 17 students at Stoneman Douglas High School in Parkland, Florida, one of the worst school shootings in American history. The American news cycle is well-practiced in the aftermath of massacres like this. Shock, sadness, outrage, and then they move on. This time it's been different. The student victims who survived the shooting leapt into action immediately, taking the debate over gun control onto a global stage. One of the people leading this conversation is a 17-year-old named David Hogg. He's a student journalist who has become one of the loudest and clearest voices in a call for saner gun control in America. What these politicians that are in Congress right now, what these politicians, even in some of our states, are trying to do is make us forget. He and his classmates from Stoneman are incredibly savvy, smart, and have a mastery of how social media can change the conversation in a way that we've rarely seen before. We came to Parkland, to David's parents' house, to find out what it looks and feels like to be at the center of one of the most important debates in U.S. history. Are you exhausted? I'm beyond exhausted. Is it energizing, this exhaustion? Is it an energizing exhaustion? Yeah, it's, it's just as energizing as it is exhausting at this point. I get to a certain point where I get so tired that I just keep going. It creates a positive feedback loop in some ways, where the more stress and work that I put on me, the more work and stress that I can deal with. First up, please welcome two students at Marjorie Stoneham Douglas High in Parkland, Florida, who co-founded the advocacy group on gun control, Never Again MSD, David Hogg and Cameron Kasky. I think what like, really strikes me is that like you guys are obviously doing a lot of work and like a really good job of doing it, but at the same time, I'm always, in the back of my mind, it's like you guys are kids and there are like adults that should be... Yeah. Doing like, do you guys ever think like, why the fuck are we the ones who are doing this? Well, at this point, it's like when you're when you're old ass parents, like I don't know how to send an iMessage, and you're just like, give me the fucking phone, and you take him, you're like, okay, let me handle it, and you get it done in one second. Sadly, that's what we have to do with our government because our parents don't know how to use a fucking democracy, so we have to. As a country, we have been through this too many times. Whether it's an elementary school in New Newton or a shopping mall in Oregon or a temple in Wisconsin, or a movie theater in Aurora, or a street corner in Chicago. These neighborhoods are our neighborhoods.
and these children are our children. I mean, the House Appropriations, the Florida House Appropriations Committee just passed this. What is it? It's they, like, didn't, they, they like uh, agreed to like talk about it so they can yeah. pass so it. Like, so like, like, we're, we're like, no, we're not going to ban assault weapons. Yes, we want to put more guns in the hands of people like teachers. The amendment is not adopted. short circuit when you hear that like what is your thought it just makes me think what sick fuckers are out there that want to continue to sell more guns murder more children and honestly just get reelected. where what type of person are you when you want to see more fucking money than children's lives how what type of shitty person does that and like there's this whole i mean the way that they're talking about it now the way rick scott has been talking about it is like when the shooter arrives we need a metal detector it, it, and a guard. Point, with Rick Scott, it's like, when I get elected to Senate, we're not going <laughs> to let that fucking happen. And you guys better not either. I want to make it virtually impossible for anyone who has mental issues to use a gun. Because he's like, oh, I'm going to impl implement all of these amazing things. Let me make sure I do it right before my election for Senate when I try calling out Bill Nelson. He's turning this political. So do you see you see that as opportunistic? I mean, he's oh, it's absolutely opportunistic. opportunistic. He does not give a fuck about these kids' lives at all. He only cares about his re-election. That's why this stuff is being implemented in a year, not today. And I just, again, I have to say that, what do I know? But I hope this man right here, Rick Scott, runs for the Senate. I don't know what he's going to do. What is striking to me about this is that you guys seem to be have such mastery of the internet in a way that I feel like, I mean, literally any politician pretty much doesn't, can't even approach it. And that's the great thing about it, because those fuckers aren't going to get reelected. But on the internet, they're on, they're on your turf, essentially. Like, this is the way I think about it. But, like, you actually have to take that turf and take it to theirs, which is, like, making laws happen and getting people elected mm -hmm. or making sure people well, don't get elected. I mean, and when, you, when you start hearing from your political aides that there's a shitload of angry future voters, you start to worry a little bit. Unless your political aides are the ones who are telling people that they're crisis actors, like... Yeah, I'd love to meet that. Hey, if you're out there, fuck you. <laughs> but, where, but where your turf meets theirs is actually, that's actually a great point. Like, the, the world of Infowars and 4chan and Mike Cernovich and, like... And Reddit. The, and Reddit and the conspiracy theory, like, the dark underbelly of the internet is actually where, where you guys are met in some way. You know is, there's a cover-up going on. They are pulling videos of this young man... A David Hogg, whose, whose father is an FBI agent. Whose mother... So honestly, it's been a great thing because people are becoming more critical thinkers and becoming more politically active as a result. It's also been great advertising for me um, in terms of acting because right. I don't give a shit what people say about me. But they quadrupled my Twitter following and they've done a great job of that. But on the but on that stuff, like, I mean, that doesn't. Yes, it's it's. It's making people's critical thinking better, but then you've got like Donald Trump Jr. And you have, you have, you have the spreading of false news, but you also have the spreading of the correct ideals and people be taking action. And that's what really matters. I don't care if there's, they can say as many lies as they want about me, but if people are becoming more politically active regardless of if they're a Democrat or Republican, that's a great thing. So in terms of regulating guns, are you more in support of regulating certain types of guns or pe I, certain people's access to guns? Well, honestly, it's all right that people are buying more guns. I just care that they're being safe individuals and they can practice their Second Amendment rights all they want. I don't give a fuck about that. I just want to make sure that a crazy-ass individual doesn't get an AR-15 or any weapon at all.
The AR-15 has been used in some of the nation's worst mass shootings at the Sandy Hook Elementary School in Newtown, Connecticut, a movie theater in Aurora, Colorado. Okay, so play this out for me. Let's say you can get a law passed, one federal law. What is it? Like, what does it look like? What is the first thing, the strongest first thing that you do? An absolute, if you have a history of mental illness, we need, our policymakers need to define that because I'm not going to. I'm, I'm fucking 17. I shouldn't have to. Right. I shouldn't have to be talking about these policy questions. But if I was to see something, I would like to see a 10% tax on all firearm sales. I would like to see the federal age of gun ownership and possession raised to 21. I would like to see a universal background check um, implemented. And I would like to see more mental health care spending to ensure that people like the shooter at Stoneman Douglas are not able to get these guns. Because the shooter at Douglas was somebody that, honestly, it, I mean, they needed help. That's really what they needed. How do you build a legion of people to do this? I mean, clearly, like, you've got internet activists. You've got people who are following you on Twitter. The legion of people is just these children that are stepping up and becoming leaders with their parents behind them. As sad as that is, that's how it's going. What comes next? Literally any action is what comes next. Just standing up and saying, fuck no. We don't want to see any more of our friends be murdered. We don't want to have to have our kids prepare for school shootings in the future. We've grown up around Columbine. We've grown up through the recession. We've grown up with 9-11. We've grown up in this police state. We know what it's like to be heavily regulated. And we've seen that oftentimes it can be a very contentious topic, but it's something that we have to work together on and something that we need to come together as Americans, not as Democrats or Republicans on, but as Americans and realize this is our life and these are children. From his armband to his raised arm, this kid's a fucking Hitlerite. I, I really dislike him. Axios hosts a conversation on guns in America featuring Parkland student Dave Hogg, Senator Richard Blumenthal, SVP at the National Shooting Sports Foundation, Lawrence King. After we come back to Spring Bank, requiring us to all have clear backpacks. It's unnecessary. It's embarrassing for a lot of students, and it infringes on our rights. Yeah. Dan Gaynor. So he wants to take away our rights, but doesn't want a clear backpack because of his rights. So, we're getting down to crunch time, and now we're discovering all sorts of shit. Democrats being supported to student gun control marches. Bussing, excuse me, not supporting. Bussing. Democrats nearly st uh, nearby states are bu bu busing adults and students to Washington, D.C., teachers' union, and progressive groups, including Women's March, Planned Parenthood, helped the students organize the march. Democratic groups in Maryland, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, Virginia bolstered it. Maryland Democratic Representative Jamie Raskin is hosting a pre-march rally. There were bus buses from the NAACP. Financed by Lady Gaga, Hamilton Dude, Fallon, Lopez, Nick Cannon, Miley Silence, Cindy Lauper, Bill Russell. They all supported it, helped it. The entire event was donated by the said people, plus all the big names that we talked about. And it was $4 million. That's what it cost. I want to make sure you understand that when you talk to your progressive friends at the water cooler. On one rally... They spent more than the NRA did all last year on the election. Four million dollars. 
Planned Parenthood will spend $20 million on the midterms on just eight districts. CNN leaked that because they're on their side. But that's just what we know. So all this argument about they own Washington. No, they don't. We own Washington, and there's 5.5 now, last I've counted, trying to find out if it breached 6. I'm pretty sure it's pretty close. Million NRA members, because Americans believe in guns by 58%. That's why I headed this shit off. Jack Probasek was there, and he backs up the buses. There are so many buses. It looks like these buses go back to the airport. It says DCA Reagan Airport, so who paid for all the buses? Because there's a lot of... I think it's safe to say CNN won't show this. I found the buses. See if I can try to count this. 25 buses. 25 buses that we just counted. So breaking news. Uh, I didn't even expect to be breaking news. I was literally just walking down the street watching this thing go out. And I stumbled onto 25 buses that were used to bus in these marchers here for the March for Our Lives. So where are these buses getting their funding? Who's paying for all this? Who is paying for these buses? Where does this all come from? You see, they want you to think that it's all organic. 26, over there on the corner, 26. They want you to think it's all organic. They want you to think that it's, you know, it just happened and people showed up and, and all this. They want you to think, oh gosh, no, there's more buses that I couldn't even count that. Okay, so anyone who says this is an organic outpouring of support, uh, I'm exactly telling the whole story. Because I just found 26 plus buses down there that I couldn't even see around the corner. There's there's a lot of buses here, folks. And we've got the military here too. So yeah, if anybody uh, you know wants to, you could you could go ahead and contact this busing company or any of these busing. It looks like busforhire.com was the busing company. So make sure to save this scope. In case it gets taken down, make sure people are taking screenshots, all that. So busforhire.com uh, is the main bus company that has been selected for to bus in the marchers for the March for Our Lives. Bus for Hire, the official the official busing company of March for Our Lives. It certainly seems that way. And then we got National Guard. Military police here guarding the buses, making sure nobody messes with them, make sure everybody stays safe while they're riding the buses. So we've got military police, so it's coordinated, right? Clearly, you had to call in for uh, military police on the streets of DC today. I'm telling you, residential level security. But this is just for the buses. Will CNN show that? Will CNN show the marchers for our lives that they were bused in? And will they ask questions about who was it that hired bus for hire? I'm right. I'm right outside the rally, guys. By the way, the rally is just on the other side of of those buildings. I don't know if you can hear the uh, music in the background, but I'm I'm just outside the rally. But I ran around, went around the back, where of course CNN camera's not going to go. And I found the buses. I found all the buses right here. There's so many buses. You can't even get to the end of the buses. There's so many buses. I don't think I've ever seen so many buses together in one place. All right, so that's the end of the buses. Head back to the rally now. So. Yeah, a lot of questions. Definitely a lot of questions. Who paid for the buses? Where do they come from? What's their funding? Here's a guy with a spirit of 76. Hey, what are you hanging out? Oh, the clear backpacks. The big flag. Something that people had suggested. There's another clear backpack right there. So clear backpacks is one of the things that have been suggested as a security uh, precaution for the schools. And I heard that David Hogg had been against it. But uh, I've seen some people here at the rally 
of going forward with it and using the, the clear the clear backpacks. Watch. Got a sign here that says March for Our Lives Buttons, the roving anti-Trump bandwagon. Okay, this one has got uh, targets. Is it? Oh, sorry, can I get a shot of your sign? Bullseyes. Oh, bullseyes, okay. Like gun targets. And then what's, what's the dollar amounts? That's the money that they've received from NRA donations. Okay, so it's not like, like a bounty. Uh, if that's how you interpret it, sure. Okay, thank you very much. So putting putting targets on Republicans' heads there, as you can see, you know, showing Republicans with their faces, uh, targets on heads of Republicans, bullseyes, um, showing how much money that they had taken from the NRA. So I wish Obama had taken your guns. I saw that sign around a lot. And white male terror. Saw that sign quite a bit. Saw the buses. We're seeing a lot, folks. We're seeing a lot. Get a little closer now to the actual stage. A lot of people leaving though. Uh, so it should be a little easier to... Uh... In there you hear how many buses there were. And you hear, holy shit, tons of good guys with guns protecting March for Lives. National Guard, police. All over the place. And before we get to the sound bites of them speaking, in a 60 Minutes interview... These are things they said. During one segment, Sharon Alfonsi asked Emma Gonzalez if she ever thought about not getting into the gun control debate. Did you ever think I don't want to get into this? This is a nasty fight that I don't want to be in the middle of? Gonzalez responded, I have no choice because there were CNN cameras there and my speech was broadcast all over the country in like four seconds. I had no idea they were going to be there. Yeah. Hmm. Isn't that interesting? CNN got her in the debate. Kind of makes you think those videos you see of Hog being rehearsed. Did they grab these kids and make them? My Alex Jones tinfoil hat is tingling. So the crowd size, USA Today says 800,000. That's a lie. No one believes that except USA Today, which was clinging to that inflated figure. Sunday afternoon, well... After more sober observers estimated about 75% smaller turnout. CBS News reported the following Saturday evening. More than 200,000 people attended the March for Our Lives demonstration in Washington, D.C. on Saturday, according to the Digital Design and Imaging Service Incorporated, a nonpartisan thing. The peak crowd side was 202,796, with a margin of error of 15%. So even if you inflated it, it wasn't that much. And reached its largest size at 1 p.m. The organizers put the total number of attendees at a close to 800,000. Largest single-day demonstration in U.S. history was the 2017 Women's March with a crowd side of 440,000 people. So, they're wrong. Another article, March Sadness, Washington, D.C. anti-gun rally draws half as many people as initially predicted. 200,000. Daily Caller, March Relies organizers had predicted anywhere from 500 to 600,000 attendees. The major progressive organizations across the, the major news progressive organizations across the country worked hard to handle the logistics. Those numbers would have been, made the March for Life one of the largest protests to ever descend on the National Mall, the largest ever was Women's March. 1995 Million Man March was 400,000. The annual March for Life, approximately 300,000. But at the end of the day, the official count was barely 200,000. I want to make sure you understand that. That is less than the March. For life that the media doesn't cover. That's why I'm covering the numbers. I'm not doing a Trump. I'm just covering the numbers. 
If you watch coverage like I did CNN and MSNBC briefly on Saturday, I watched about an hour flipping back and forth, about probably an hour and a half before it started, it was like a million people. There were so many people. They were making the shot so it just looked huge. They never did an aerial. They purposely didn't. Never did an aerial mark uh, video. They didn't want to. They just didn't want to because they knew it wasn't that many people. They could get 200,000 fucking brainwashed kids from the adjacent states and bring them in and try to cram Gun Grab 101 down people's necks. And as we've already proven before I even get to these sound bites, they don't represent even their voting block. Not even young kids. They represent the 28% of Democrats who believe guns are the devil. For not only fear factor, because they're a bunch of pussies, but also for the fact those are red people. Fuck those red people. I hate them. I hate God. I hate everything. So then the march happens, and it goes a little something like this. When they give us that inch, that bump stock ban, we will take a mile. We are not here for breadcrumbs. We are here for real change. As teens, people think that we don't like to wait around for things, and they're sometimes right. <laughs> a lot of you are probably wondering, what now? Now, we need to come together on all fronts and push aside those that divide us. Now we need to get on the phone and call our representatives and push them to stop incumbency and take action. Now we need to educate ourselves on which politicians are truly working for the people and which ones we want to vote out. Because of the day, bullets do not discriminate, so why should we? It is not about your race. It is not about your sexual orientation. It is not about your ethnicity. It is not about your gender. It is not about where you live or how much money you make. And it most certainly is not about political party. All it comes down to is life or death. To all the politics out there, if you take money from the NRA, you have chosen death. If you have not expressed your constituents a public stance on this issue, have chosen death. If you do not stand with us by saying we need to pass common sense gun legislation, you have chosen death. And none of the millions of people marching in this country today will stop until they see those against us out of office. Because we choose life! If you listen real close, you can hear the people in power shaking. They've gotten used to being protective of their position, chewing safety, the safety of inaction. Inaction is no longer safe. And to that we say, no more. 96 people, 96 people die every day from guns in our country, yet most representatives have no public stance on guns. And to that we say, no more. We are going to make this the voting issue. We're going to make, take this to every election, to every state, and every city. We're going to make sure the best people get in our elections to run, not as politicians, but as Americans. Because this, 
This is not cutting it. When people try to suppress your vote, and there are people who stand against you because you are too young, we say no more. When politicians say that your voice doesn't matter because the NRA owns them, we say no more. When politicians send their thoughts and prayers with no action, we say no more. And to those politicians supported by the NRA that allow the continued slaughter of our children and our future, I say get your resumes ready. Today is the beginning of spring and tomorrow is the beginning of democracy. Now is the time to come together, not as Democrats, not as Republicans, but as Americans. Americans of the same flesh and blood that care about one thing and one thing only, and that's the future of this country and the children that are going to lead it. Now, they will try to separate us in demographics. They will try to separate us by religion, race, congressional district, and class. They will fail. We will come together. We will get rid of these public servants that only serve the gun lobby. And we will save lives. You are those heroes. Lastly, let's put the USA over the NRA. This is the start of the spring and the blossoming of our democracy. So let's take this to our local legislators. And let's take this to midterm elections, because without the persistent heat, without the persistence of voters and Americans everywhere, to every election, democracy will not flourish, but it can and it will. So, I say to those politicians that say change will not come, I say we will not stop until every man, every woman, every child, and every American can live without fear of gun violence, and to that I say, no more. Thank you. I love you all. God bless all of you and God bless America. We can and we will change the world. When politicians send their thoughts and prayers with no action, we say no more. And to those politicians supported by the NRA that allow the continued slaughter of our children and our future, I say get your resumes ready. No more. Thank you. I love you all. God bless all of you and God bless America. We can and we will change the world. Okay, you've been listening there to David Hogg. He, of course, a student, a senior at Stoneman Douglas High School. We met him in just the hours after the massacre. He was one of the very first students that we interviewed. And since then, he has become one of the loudest and most vocal voices because he has been so outspoken he has taken a lot of criticism uh from lots of people in fact he's even been the subject of some crazy conspiracy theories but that's not stopping him as you could see he uh very passionately took the podium and he talked about how these teenagers these 18 year olds will be voting in the midterms six minutes and about 20 seconds in a little over six minutes, 17 of our friends were taken from us, 15 were injured, and everyone, absolutely everyone, in the Douglas community was forever altered. Everyone who was there understands. 
everyone who has been touched by the cold grip of gun violence understands. For us, long, tearful, chaotic hours in the scorching afternoon sun were spent not knowing. No one understood the extent of what had happened. No one could believe that there were bodies in that building waiting to be identified for over a day. No one knew that the people who were missing had stopped breathing long before any of us had even known that a code red had been called. No one could comprehend the devastating aftermath or how far this would reach or where this would go. For those who still can't comprehend because they refuse to, I'll tell you where it went right into the ground, six feet deep. Six minutes and 20 seconds with an AR-15, and my friend Carmen would never complain to me about piano practice. Aaron Feist would never call Kira Miss Sunshine. Alex Schachter would never walk into school with his brother Ryan. Scott Beagle would never joke around with Cameron at camp. Helena Ramsey would never hang out after school with Max. Gina Montalto would never wave to her friend Liam at lunch. Joaquin Oliver would never play basketball with Sam or Dylan. Elena Petty would never. Carol Lugren would never. Chris Hickson would never. Luke Hoyer would never. Marquine Duque Aguiano would never. Peter Wang would never. Alyssa Alhadaf would never. Jamie Guttenberg would never. Meadow Pollock would never. Since the time that I came out here, it has been six minutes and 20 seconds. The shooter has ceased shooting and will soon abandon his rifle, blend in with the students as they escape and walk free for an hour before arrest. Fight for your lives before it's someone else's job. and represent the African-American girls whose stories don't make the front page of every national newspaper. <laughs> whose stories don't lead on the evening news. I represent the African-American women who are victims of gun violence, who are simply statistics instead of vibrant, beautiful girls that pull up potential. For far too long, these names, these black girls and women, have been just numbers. I'm here to say, never again for those girls, too. My friends and I might still be 11, and we might still be in elementary school, but we know. We know life isn't equal for everyone, and we know what is right and wrong. We also know that we stand in the shadow of the Capitol, and we know that we have seven short years until we, too, have the right... Wowzy, wow, wow. So right off the bat, homeboy strike the uh, Jimmy John Travolta pose. Let me get that right. Saturday Night Live, and people went crazy after it. First, it was the armband. Now it's a salute. Seems dedicated to reviving the totalitarianism that brought so much bloodshed last century. The demonization of groups in society calls for violence, etc. This is why Americans own guns. Another one, this dude's taste of fame is going to his head hugely. Not a good look, going to be a meme, feel a little Hitler-esque, and on and on. He pushed, he's going to make it a campaign issue, over and over in his speech. David Sarsky, there are 100 million gun owners in the U.S., make it one, please. He's right. 
He's totally right. Parkland student Delaney Tarr, when they give us the inch, that bump stock ban will, will take a mile. The six minutes and change. That was moving, and some young African-American, 11-year-old that got propped up there, told what to say, was moving for the people of Chicago, who I can understand holding a march. But I wanted to make you understand, while the media will frame it the way they want to frame it, J.R. Saltzman does it better. During that time period, the school resource officers were cowering outside the building rather than doing their job to protect students. Will anyone ever hold the Broward County Sheriff responsible for his part what happened that day? Any new CNN town halls coming up where the sheriff could retell his story? Other people. Meanwhile, Broward County De- Deputy Scott Peterson was standing outside for six minutes and 20 seconds that he potentially could have stopped the shooter and saved those 17 lives, like the Great Mills High School resource officer, Blaine Gaskell. Things that piss people off that you heard. It's going to start off by putting this price tag right here as a reminder for you guys to know how much Marco Rubio took for every student life in Florida. Yvonne Burton. This is disgusting. The left is notorious for overplaying their hand. This is going to backfire. Backfire. Carl Gustav, unchallenged by anyone. The kid is a moral idiot, and I'm tired of the corrupt press telling me I need to listen to what he says. Lee Doran. B. Gregory, this is at worst slander and at best idiotic hyperbole. James Hassan, this is so ugly and reprehensible, and if the adults promoting all this actually cared about finding common ground that resulted in real reforms, they wouldn't cheer divisive BS like this. And it goes on and on and on. Tucker sums it up well. Wait, you say, why are you picking on David Hogg? He's only a kid. He shouldn't be held to adult standards of reasoning or be expected to think critically about the consequences of what he espouses. Well, yeah, exactly. He's a kid. He's just been through unspeakable tragedy. And that's why adults shouldn't be using him or his friends to push their agendas on the rest of us. Mark Glaze is co-founder of Guns Down, a gun control group, and he joins us now. So this is the problem that I have is that if you sincerely believe that people who disagree with you want to kill children, then you shouldn't be involved in making policy, because that's exactly what we don't need more of, it seems to me. Why is he being pushed to the front of this movement? Well, look, I, I think you ought to cut this kid a little bit of slack. You know, he was at school when 17 of his friends were, kid, were killed the other day. It, not everything he says should be, taken, should be taken as, you know, gospel from the gun violence prevention community about what we ought to be doing about guns. Well, I just conceded that in my script because I agree with that, that this is a kid who just saw unspeakable tragedy. He saw his classmates killed, and that's exactly why he shouldn't be involved in formulating a response to it yeah, but because I... he's a kid. So you can't simultaneously argue that... You need to shut up and listen to him, and if you don't, you're bad, which is what the left is arguing, and that we shouldn't take what he says seriously or literally. We have to kind of choose one, and I'm kind of happy to choose the first one. You know, I I think these kids are doing what citizens ought to do. They had a terrible experience, and they're trying to do something about it. Basically, what they're saying is the same thing that 70% of the public is out there saying, which is what we're doing with guns right now isn't working. We ought to have stricter gun laws. Now, let's have a conversation about what those gun laws should look like. I don't think there's, I think there's a lot of But you don't see that. that what the left is doing is short-circuiting honest conversations. I, for example, have tried every night 
since that shooting, almost every single night, to get a leader of a gun control group on. You're the only one who comes. The only one. No one else will come. I know a lot about guns. I'm interested in the topic. No one wants to have the debate. Instead, they throw David Hogg in your face and say, be quiet, and then allow David Hogg to uninterrupted impugn the character of anyone who disagrees with him. It's demagoguery. That's not how adults behave. Yeah, but it's also not fair to pull one comment out of one interview out of another. All right, I'll pull, an, I'll pull another one. Here's, here's an idea that, I, I, again, I'm being forced to take this seriously. I would be very happy to say, poor David Hogg, man, his friends got killed. I get it. He's upset. My children would be upset. I would be upset. But the left is forcing me to listen carefully to what he says because it could become the law I have to abide by. For instance, this is in the manifesto from Parkland Kids. It said there ought to be a database which, uh, of which guns are sold in the United States. That ought to be paired to the status of the owner's mental health. Privacy laws should be amended. So they're saying, this march is saying, that HIPAA laws should be suspended and the U.S. government ought to keep your medical records. The public doesn't support that. Nobody's. So we still got the signs to take to take care of and talk about what i read which was interesting and some of the horror sound bites is not going to make cnn we're going to tweets in a day hates and stats we're going to admit hypocrisy today and do news and social media nuggets on the background so i figured this is about as good as any time to take a break listen to a little music um a little bit of hate rock coming at you by ramstein and i'll meet you on another side where we'll start addressing the horrible signs
Welcome back to Flyover Politic Podcast with Tony Reed. Campus of Forum. Today we're in Washington, D.C. at the March for Our Lives protest. We're talking to attendees about what they want to see. And when they talk about banning assault weapons, do they know what assault weapons are? Let's find out. What sort of policy changes would you like to see enacted? I think there needs to be a complete ban on assault weapons. We need laws in place that are going to prevent people from walking into schools with assault rifles. Yeah, I think there definitely needs to be a ban on these assault um, rifles. So any banning of any guns, I would be supportive of. To give up some rights to have assault rifles, it's like a higher priority than people losing their lives. Assault weapons are not necessary for home defense. They're not necessary for the average citizen to have. What laws would you like to see? What kind of guns would you like to see banned? Just assault rifles. Uh, Who would support the ban of assault weapons moving forward? Uh, How many of you would support banning the sale of assault weapons moving forward? Okay, so five out of five. For banning an assault weapon, do you know what an assault weapon is? Yeah, it's an assault weapon. It's like a... um, I kind of do, but kind of don't. Okay. Like, um, it's just well. What is an assault weapon? Uh, can any of you tell me what an assault weapon is? Um, like I know, I guess. Um, but assault weapons, like, does that sound safe to you? Do you guys know what an assault weapon is? Um. The same amount of people die by assault weapons as do car crashes in a given year. Um, as what? Do car crashes. It's a similar number. Okay. Um, it's, it's not actually. But. Or isn't it similar? No, it's not. So assault weapons count for about 3% of, of gun deaths, oh, but, and car crashes are about the leading cause. Okay. I thought that was... But a lot of people die by gun deaths. Do you guys know what an assault weapon is, though? I mean, I'm... A, a phrase that comes to mind is like military-style weapon. What an assault weapon is? Yeah, it's like... It's a, an arm that, like a gun, for instance, that you can buy at a shop pretty easily that is, like, can can cause more deaths than, like, one, I guess. I consider, I consider any, I don't, I'm not even against just assault weapons. I'm pretty much against most guns. I think that the Second Amendment at this time is outdated. I think that the wording needs to be revisited. I think it's something that was meant for a different time. I think the Constitution in and of itself is something that's outdated. Times have changed, and I don't necessarily agree with the Second Amendment to begin with. I don't think it applies in today's society. I don't think it leads to anything good or productive or peaceful. You should be able to protect yourself, but I don't... Not with a rifle. But not with, like, a rifle. Only wants to fuck with me! 
When they give us that inch, that bump stock ban, we will take a mile. We are not here for breadcrumbs, we are here for real change. To the gun manufacturers, who count on sales to go up every time kids are killed in their classrooms, we see you. To the politicians who trade the lives of their constituents for from gun lobbyists, we see you very well. To the NRA who pretend that weapons designed to maximize human slaughter have anything to do with the Second Amendment, we, we see, see you. you. And to the people marching this Saturday, the people saying, we'll see you there. I decided to get the sound bites over, and that's the horror. There's the dumb Trump stuff. People answering stupid questions. I got I got a couple more that I could play. I might just save for the next one because this is pretty damn long. But I mean, they don't even know what they're protesting for. It's Trump hate. Uh, uh, so it's like every other liberal protest that's ever graced the planet. They just can't get their shit together. You know, the Tea Party went and did it. They're all racist pieces of fucking shit. But it was taxes. It was the government spending. It was changing our culture to the point where if you're not gay, you're a piece of shit. Granted, there was a subset that was racist as fuck and just hated Obama, but there's a subset that just is fucking jackasses that hate Trump. And they show up at every liberal ones. But on the liberal, man, you got everything in there. Because the signs show it. The NRA is the US, USA's largest terror group. Persist, resist, vote, vote. That's anti-Trump. Fuck the MRA, we're buttons. The NRA, excuse me. Hey, hey, NRA, how many kids you killed today? Let's ban guns like we ban boobs. What does that even mean? There's a girl with, with her, I think it's Lady Gaga. And she's got Don't Shoot. So she combined Hillary, Michael Moore, into it. Uh, and then behind it, imagine a world where there's no guns and no men. Whoever sports the NRA, your mom's a hoe. Guns, rights, guns have more rights than my uterus. It was a really big thing down there. Or vagina. There's another one. Vagina. NRA, you're a bunch of assholes. Another one, vote. Democrat, never vote Republican. Mm-hmm. Sierra Whiskey in the NRA is the NRA. Sadly, as I listen to these young people speak, I feel sorry for them. They're using Democrat talking points. They have no idea that the NRA stands, nor do they care about the people in the inner cities killing each other every minute. Alex Rorarty, this is not about politics, right? Tom Perez was there. Senator Warren was there. Connor Lamb was there. Steny Hoyer was there. Nancy Pelosi was there. There was one that literally had a, a bunch of them, not one. Next mask girl be the GOP in the midterms with reticles over the GOP. And then they took it a step further. We call bullshit Catholic Center Marco Rubio with a red target on his forehead. I thought you can't do that. Wasn't that Sarah Palin? She killed Gabby Gifford? Wasn't that what we said? So Marco Rubio gets shot? Is it you guys? No, the media will forget about that. Ban all automatic weapons was big, even though they're already banned. Greg Walden, how many dead kids until you say no to the NRA? Uh, 
Molon won in a movie. Why can't we do it? And then if you look at the master picture, there's so many different groups in there. There's a not, March for Gun, March for Our Lives, Planned Parenthood with her, Women's March signs, Stop Fascist Now signs, and Never Again. And during this, Dick's got all crazy and said some more shit. Here's the reality. Company shares fell 7.3% after going up 13% this year. Sales failed to hit the projected 2.74 billion. They were down 15 million dollars in sales in just, what, three weeks? Three weeks? Interesting. There is a group, and I'm not going to play the soundbite, that will not be heard because of this. Rockland High School students are using social media to organize a pro-life walkout using the hashtag, hashtag life, to honor the tens of millions of babies that have been killed in abortion. Student organizer Brandon Gillespie says he needs help spreading the message. You'll never hear that. Stephen Miller, culture wars go both ways. They wanted it. They have it. Picture sent. Katie Couric is here in the student sign making lounge. Student making lounge. Sorry. Student sign making lounge. Let's say that twice fast. Making anti-Trump and anti-gun signs with the Gifford Courage Foundation. Hmm. Not it, not surprising since she did the hit piece a couple years ago that was all lies. Hmm. A con son was supposed to speak for his daughter that was killed. That's the guy that stood up in the White House. But, uh, yeah, no. He got canceled. Canceled. They, they didn't let him speak at the last minute. Then there was this. Hey, Emma, for change, please stop using my sister's name to push your agenda. She did not and would not support it. Patrick Petty, 23. We talked about him earlier. This, I can't even make this up. This, this is real, okay? J.R.G. Nunez must go is her handle. I have no idea who you lost, but if she was not a supporter of sensible gun control, shame on you and her. Having said that, if only you two A Yahoos were being killed, there would be no need for Miss Gazala's movement. Unfortunately, it's innocents who are paying their lives. When the world attacked her, did that hurt your feelings, young man? Too damn bad. By the way, Miss Gonzalez is fighting to save the lives of your fellow classmates. You can thank her now. If somebody doesn't get that lady fired, I have no faith in humanity. I just don't. Elizabeth, a young girl. His sister gave her life to protect her fellow students, but Sis Money Boohoo only cares about the students who push her political agenda. March for Lives is cancer. So... Jack Probasek went in afterwards, as much trash left on the street as after the climate march, because they're all fucking pigs. 8,000 fucking Planned Parenthood signs all over the place. BLM signs all over the place. Somebody asked, what kind of sick, twisted, selfish person uses a memorial site for murder of a 14-year-old Mormon girl to push Planned Parenthood? I'm so sad, so sad that her father had to see this. Because there were memorial put there by somebody, and they threw him right on it. Brian Seltzer tried to up it 
Uh, via Mike Allen's newsletter, 3.3 million tweets were sent yesterday using March for Lives. The, street, the streeter says the 2 million were from CNN. He then tried to push them. Toledo to Tucson, Springville to Spokane, Wilmington to Walla Walla, New York Times subhead, rebuke of NRA by huge crowds across the U.S. Somebody asked, I cannot wait until they rebuke Planned Parenthood. Or rebuke 2017 Chicago gun stats. Charlie Kirk puts it out. Shot and killed, 624. Shot and wounded, 2,937. Total shots, 3,561. Total homicides, 675. Hmm. Yeah. And then this interesting thing, and then we're going to close it with one of the con students being able to speak. Understand, since this, the biggest spike Google's ever seen is on NRA membership. People are looking into it. I'm going to keep looking, but I guarantee it's over 6 million people. Remember, 58% of America believes guns make you safer. All the statistics shows it. These people are the minority, and they should be treated as such. He could have saved everybody on that sixth floor, not my, not only my kid, but the others. And my daughter got shot nine times. Oh, it was, so it was Valentine's Day when this whole nightmare started. I was on a picnic with my wife. That's when I, I got the first text that there was a shooting. My name is Kyle Kashuv. I'm a 16-year-old junior at Stoneman Douglas. And um, I was there the day of the shooting. That sheriff was at that door at the third minute mark before this guy went up to the third floor. So he told me that he could have saved everybody on that sixth floor. Not my, not only my kid, but the others. And my daughter got shot nine times, four times. And then she managed to crawl to, a, to the door and then she put her arms around a freshman, my daughter's 18 senior, and the detective said, Andy, you won't believe it, your daughter covered this girl in the doorway, and then this guy came and shot my daughter at Port Blank five more times, and the bullets went through my daughter and killed the girl underneath her too. Why this, why this motherfucker just waited right, at, right out the door, and he let this shit happen. And now he's re retired and he's, he's going to get his pension and go live in Arizona somewhere. I think the proper question is how come the media isn't representing people like Andrew, pa Andrew Pollock and Ryan Petty who are doing the legislative work that is, is enacting change like we've seen. And it's not being represented because it's more important to depict David Hogg and his latest opinion on the NRA versus real people who don't want to see this happen, who lost someone very close to them, who, are, who even though they're Republicans and conservatives, they've reached across the aisle and they're doing the necessary work to make sure this doesn't happen. These are the people that need to be blasted across the headlines every single day. My daughter was killed, so they're here today. So if anyone knows how they're feeling, it's me. You know, I, I feel and I emphasize with how much pain they got. But I would urge them, now they're all together, it's great, they're going to be heard, but I would urge them to focus on school safety. This isn't just a gun control debate. Making sure schools are safe, not everything has to do with guns. You don't think about gun control when you go on an airplane. You're not thinking about gun control when you go into a stadium. Why, why, why does that come 
from when we were thinking about safety with our kids, why is it about gun control? It should be about hardening the schools and them being safe. The only other thing I would say is that there's a clear-cut way to getting legislation passed, and there's a clear-cut way to getting adults to listen to you. And hanging up on the president, first of all, is not that way. Legal law-abiding gun owners of America, not all Stoneman Douglas students, hate you and think you're extreme. And um, look, we're fighting for you. I will not rest until I can make sure that the unalienable rights guaranteed by the Second Amendment will not be infringed upon. California, I got to do a little bit of this because this is an interesting thing. I'm just going to bleep the rest of the stuff because there's not a whole lot. Los Alamos action has prompted Orange County officials, Brainerd Park, and also Vejeo, Huntington Beach, Los Alamos, and five other cities to do anti-sanctuary city measures. That's awesome. Had a great, great soundbite of a CNN, another CNN expert on their bashing God. But not going to play it. I'll just do this to show it, it still goes on. Mary Catherine Ham, did God make God? Did God made it snow, Mama? You're the best God, the best. Mary Catherine Ham. For some reason, however, this sweet tweet brought out a nasty atheist. So sweet, except for the part where you lie to your children about the cause of snow. She retweeted it. Guy Benson asked. Did God make assholes, Mama? Yes. Yes, God did. It's kind of sad. Las Vegas. Interesting factoid, since we still don't know about Paddock. We may never know. Scoop. Source within an LVMPD telling me six dismembered bodies have been found in the desert area of East Lake Mead Boulevard, headed toward the lake. LVMPD has determined that MS-13 is responsible Source tells me Sheriff Lombardo does not want this reported because of re-election. Source tells me the most recent victim found had their heart cut out while they were still alive. And that Lombardo said he doesn't want Las Vegas public knowing that under his watch. MS-13 gang members have infiltrated the city or murdering people. Then, the next day, I'm told another body was found this morning, is more worried about getting re-elected than informing the Las Vegas public about the growing threat of MS-13 terrorists. Yeah. So if we don't know about that, because it goes against liberal kitsch, no wonder we don't know anything about Paddock. So it's dual fold. They want to have unfettered borders, nobody with guns, so we can all get shot in the face. Business Insider, Hillary Clinton Clinton wants to know if Cambridge Analytic and Russian operatives work together to derail the president's campaign. Hale Razor sums it up pretty well. It would have been the tweet of the day, but I found a funnier one. Electoral College, FBI, Russian, sexism, fake news, Comey, ageism, voter suppression, fraud, hackers, Anthony Weiner, collusion, and now, bookface. Yeah. There were plenty of people trying to support her. She then went and dogged Ivanka, which I won't go into depth, but I really believe there's an enormous amount of pr- 
pent-up energy to take our country back away from the Trump administration. Okay, yeah, what the fuck? But our tweet of the day comes from Hebrew Hand Grenade NRA Life member. The elephant in the room. Hillary Clinton regards the American people with contempt. Her condescending insistence that voters are stupid people, easily manipulated by memes and social media hoaxes, tells you all you need to know. She thinks someone else out-manipulated her. Boom. Hey, tweet of the day! To our hate tweets, Edith Lewin Holmes decided to hold another poll if people don't know what they were voting for last time. It's a hypothetical question to test your moral fiber. If you could eliminate one thing from existence, what would it be? Honest answers only, please. Her questions were Trump, Brexit, world poverty, or Islam. Islam was 70%. She got pissed if you're voting to eliminate Islam. Islam over world poverty. You need to take a long, hard look in the mirror. In early days, the far-right Nazi trolls were always going to jump on this first. I have every confidence that common sense will prevail and the moral integrity of decent folks will shine through as this poll does the rounds. Please, honestly answer her next poll. 65% was, was Islam. So Stephen Barnes ran one on her. What should go away? Either this Twitter account or Islam. It was Islam. <laughs> I just find that really funny. Now, granted, I am one of those people. I have I have to be quite honest. I, I respect Islamic people, Jewish people, Buddha, Hindu. Anybody who's not dedicated to the religion deserves respect. So I would never do a poll like that. I would say Islamic extremism needs to go away. If you, for some reason, find yourself supporting ISIS, you're a piece of shit. They drove down streets and killed other Muslims who weren't from their sect. That's like a bunch of Baptists going down the street shooting Protestants. Stupid as fuck. Ian Black decided to be cute and make fun of teachers with guns and did a bunch of pictures of military soldiers with bubbles about, I'm a teacher, take out your books. And was nuked. Fucking nuked. Because the sad thing is, half the pictures were contractors, you dumb shit. WAPO took it upon themselves to compare Roseanne revival show from the 70s because her character is a Trump supporter. Washington Post compares Trump supporting Roseanne revival to bigot Archie Bunker. The article headline scream, can she be the Trump era's Archie Bunker? The Roseanne Corner is now proud to pourable should come as no surprise, nor is it a surprise that some of Roseanne's loved ones oppose her politics, just as Archie Bunker was hectored by his daughter and son-in-law during the Nixon years. Explain the dynamic of the revival show and Roseanne feud with her liberal sister. Blah, 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 don't want to ruin it. it comes out Tuesday night. And they dog her. So Roseanne said, the Roseanne show is about love. Thanks. Double not spy. Your show was always about love of family and dealing with real issues facing along the journey in life. I can't wait, Roseanne. I can finally plug my TV back in the wall at least once a week. I am so stoked for tomorrow night. I love the show. 
But I'm playing the following soundbite because I really want you to think about it. Roseanne was a liberal. She had gays on the show. Way long before Ellen sucked face, she had gay characters. But it wasn't gay characters shoving down your neck gay. Just they were gay. Just like a show should be. Nowadays, it's crazy. And she is more Trump supporting. I don't think she's a Trump supporter. But, well, let me let her just speak for herself. And that's why I'm playing it. Because a 90s liberal is now out? Really? Now, one of the things on the show, which I know, like, a lot of the television critics got very excited about this, the fact that Roseanne Connor is a Trump supporter on the show. Well, she did vote for the president. She voted for the president. Yep, she and did. I had some, I had some disagreement uh-huh. with her foreign policy. I see, with her foreign policy. <laughs> you like Trump? Yeah, she policy. had one. <laughs> <laughs> I can see that. <laughs> Dan's character is not... Did you? Did you agree with her foreign policy? Listen, th- never mind her foreign policy. How about Captain Wacko we got running the country here? I mean, the foreign policy. I'm shocked, because I know you're a, you were a very liberal, socially liberal person in general. I mean, I'm still the same. You all moved. <laughs> we did? You all went so f- Far out, you lost everybody. <laughs> I mean, seriously. You're probably right, by a the way. lot of your audience, and including me, I just want to say this, Jimmy. A lot of us, you know, no matter who we voted for, we don't want to see our president fail. Right. You know? Right. Like when Trump won, you know, my whole family was with me because that's around my birthday. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, she'll probably get really mad at me for saying this, but one of my daughters, she will remain nameless. I mean, she's there was you just. Give her a name already. I mean, really. Because <laughs> well, he can narrow it down. <laughs> well, I have three daughters, right? Okay. And they're all in their forties, you know. Right. And so the the one daughter, she just started weeping, and she's like, "This is the end of our, you know, they're gonna deport all of our gays and all this, you know." Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> I said, "Just chill." Just uh-huh. chill, you know. Try to think positive for like why people wanted a change. Mm-hmm. And it's up to the people. Here's my two cents, damn it. Okay. It's up to us to make this government work, no matter who's president. It's up to us to do our jobs as citizens. If I was a judge at the Olympics, I'd be holding up a ten card because she nails it. Where the fuck has the left gone? If the left was Roseanne in the nineties. And she's no longer liberal. What does that say about your tent? I mean, we always hear in the media, and I play on here, how the conservatives are unorganized. And I I will give some credit or, you know, credence to that. Because they just did Planned Parenthood, kind of fucked the president's wishes, compromise, yada, yada. But the left is so far gone. I mean, to think back in the 90s, a liberal was... Uh, Bill Clinton can stick fucking cigars in anybody's gooch if he wants to. And gays are good people. To now, you must be gay. In fact, you must be black gay, black person of color, and white guilt. I mean, really. The third rail was guns. Now it's like, ban them all. Fuck you people. 
Then there was Alyssa Milano, since we're in the Hollywood corner, and this is some crazy-ass shit. This is real. I'm not break. If I could get through this without laughing, because I, I tried to read this to the wife. I just couldn't do it. Hey, Wendy's, if you really want to get on the wrong side of the Time's Up movement, keep using our name to attack and belittle farm worker women who are fighting to keep themselves and their sisters safe from rape in the fields. This was a Facebook post. Rape in the fields. Really? Last week, farm worker women joined their families, fellow farm workers, and scores of supporters from across the country, fasted for five long days, demand that the restaurant chain Wendy's help to end sexual violence in its supply chain by joining the coalition of Muakali Workers Fair Food Program. Incredible women who come from one of the harshest working environments in the U.S. It was therefore shocking to me today that Wendy's, in response to HuffPo reporters, stated that these members of CIW are trying to exploit the positive momentum that's been generated by the women's movement, Me Too, and Time's Up, to advance their interests. And a final word of advice, Wendy's, if you want to, blah, blah, blah. I am Jesse. Congratulations, you have once again surpassed yourself in the land of the all-day idiot. Job Justice, you have way too much time on your hand. Doubt have you ever worked an honest hard work in your day, or hard working day in your life. Probably think any manual labor is slave labor. And then Mary Chase summed up what me and my wife did. Your claim sounds highly dubious. The nearest Wendy to me is 30 miles away, and I'm eating there for lunch. My wife said, hey, go to Wendy's. Get Wendy's and bring it home. And I did. You really have too much time on your hand if you come up with a rape in the fields. Yeah. Mm, okay. To our stats of the day without a bumper. A study by Heritage of 21 states during the 2016 presidential election found up to 45,000 votes were cast under duplicate names. 30% of Rhode Island voters have no valid Social Security number or driver's license on file. Over 15,000 voters were registered at prohibited addresses. I just want to make sure that sits there for a while. That that that's real. We've already seen all the other ones. Just remember that as we listen to David Hogg tell you you're either with me or you're a racist if you believe an ID card's important when you're voting. Okay. Another one is Media Yan as a pro left Democrat beats hard left challenger. This one was uh Dan Lipinski defeated Marie Newman 51 to 49, and Newman had NARAL, Planned Parenthood, the whole world, Susan B. Anthony, everybody was on her side, the whole kill your baby movement, and he won, because I think, as I've been saying on the show, they're taking it too far. Facebook's back in her stats, suppressing certain media outlets of your newsfeed. If you don't tell you which one, it won't tell you which one. Facebook has made two key algorithm changes that benefited specific media outlets. You know which one they are. Conservative publishers have been hit the hardest. Facebook told DCNF it won't identify which outlets it's boosting and ones it's suppressing. Large article, Western journalism got nailed because they're conservative-leaning, and that does not surprise me at all. Does not surprise me at all. It just doesn't surprise me at all. It, it just, where are they at? Weather Channel was just bought out by Byron Allen for $300 million. I want to make sure you understand. He's a comedian. Yeah. Comedian. And is it our last? It is. It's our last stat of the day. And I want to spend some time on this. 
For those who've been with the show for a while, I hate Michael Bennett. I hate his brother Martellius because he fucked up the Packers. Then fucked him over for $6 million. And this week, he was charged with injury to the elderly. Now, for those who think I'm a racist fuck, remember the Las Vegas shit, which started off a lot of this kneeling crap, just like Kaepernick and the league went all social media and wrote a statement how they're going to defend this fucker. And then the video showed he he was acting like he did something wrong, and that's why the police pulled him over or put him down and then let him get up without an ID card and told him he could go. They did nothing wrong. It was a shooting. At no time did he, Black Lives Matter, Democratic Movement, or the NFL say they're sorry. They, they just didn't. They never even did a mea culpa. So this was a fucking horrible thing, and I'm going to cover it. Harris County District Attorney Office said the warrant was issued after grand jury indicted Bennett on a felony count of injury to the elderly. Bennett was a spectator at the big game at NRG Stadium in Houston in February when he tried to get onto the field. This is 2017. 2017. Get on the field to see his brother. Prosecutors allege he pushed through security person, including a 66-year-old disabled woman who had told him to use a different entrance. The statement is, Mr. Bennett forcibly opened the locked doors of southwest corner of the NRG Budweiser tunnels, even though security stated... He did not have access to the tunnels to get to the field. In an attempt to push his way and force his way on the field, he pushed back one white female who was 28 years of age and pushed back another male. Mr. Bennett then went up to a 66-year-old black female employee of NRG, a paraplegic, and pushed her. Mr. Bennett assaulted this individual, actually caused injury. According to medical records, a sprained her shoulder. Mr. Bennett then continued to try to get onto the field, at which time one of the officers, Officer Morgan, from our east side division, who was actually working at the stadium providing security, who witnessed the incident, attempted to contact Mr. Bennett and actually tried to stop him and question him. Mr. Bennett disregarded Officer Morgan and said, fuck you, and walked past him onto the field. Mr. Bennett also, after pushing the females, both the 28-year-old white female and the 66-year-old paraplegic black female, stated to them, you all know who I am and I can own this motherfucker. I'm going onto the field whether you like it or not. Again, Officer Morgan attempted to intervene and walk up. Officer Morgan then did an assessment based on the fact that he was one man unit. Mr. Bennett is a very large man. There's a pandemonium, quite frankly, recognized Mr. Bennett as being, as you all know, he here in Houston, an NFL player. He knew that he had to keep an eye on that location. He did not feel that Mr. Bennett posed an additional threat to anyone by going on the field, and he made a split decision to check on the woman, especially the 60-year-old paraplegic who was knocked down. Acevedo said of Bennett's action, I think it's pretty pathetic that you would put your hands on a 66-year-old paraplegic and just treat them like they don't exist. A warrant has been issued for Bennett's arrest. He could serve up to 10 years in prison and pay a $10,000 fine. Clay Travis, lying, race-baiting fraud, Michael Bennett indicted for felony charge involving injury of an elderly paraplegic person, NFL Man of the Year locked up for 2018. But Sean King said this, I call BS on the arrest of Michael Bennett for felony assault. Complete BS. I literally had to call and ask what they were accusing him of. 
They're saying 14 months ago his hands touched a woman's shoulder on the Super Bowl as he walked on the field. Tariq Nasheed, they're putting this bogus charge on Michael Bennett to send message to other black NFL players to stop calling out white supremacy, or they will use the system of white supremacy to talk other black players who get to uppity. Exactly how you think they'd act. What does this say about us as a country? I really want to know, what does this say? We're that divided. This industry of black grievance against all white people. He took a 66-year-old black grandma in a fucking wheelchair and fucking hurt her. But you double up on him. I will tell you, he's going to walk because he has money. The NFL's not going to punish him. And he should be punished. Is that the type of fucking representative you want in your company? I work in a public space. If I laid hands on myself, they'd fucking fire me, let alone somebody else. What is wrong with people? Now, I did tweet on this and I said karma. Because that's what it is. This is karma. That guy believes he's above the law. He believes he's a better than anybody else. He's a believes he's a, I don't know why I'm talking like a pizza man. Um, and if he lied once, he'll keep lying. His brother lied. The whole fucking family lies. Look at his brother. I don't have an injury. Then I want to go win, go on a winning team. I got an injury. And then I start playing. But because his name's Bennett and they're so scared of any of these protesters that they let him get away with whatever the fuck they want. I mean, I heard somebody trying to compare this case to Zeke Elliott. Here's the fucking moonshot, dumbasses. Zeke Elliott doesn't protest. If he did, well, then you'd have a case. They wouldn't touch him. So where's the white supremacy, Tariq Nasheed? These guys can disrespect the flag, tell people to go fuck themselves, and beat up black women... Who happened to be 66 years old? Quadra-fucking-pelegics. Most of the moon bats out there, sports fans, are saying, why is she there? Here's another news flash, dipshits. Half these functions from the goddamn people walking down, giving the food to the security people, a lot of them are volunteers. I was in a unit that actually used this type of function. We'd go and volunteer for concerts. To get money given to our organization so we could have a ball. And we had a ball, military ball, with the proceeds off of doing concerts, sporting events, baseball games. Yeah. A lot of people, that's their ticket into the big show. And a real security guard standing by a thing... That's all they're there for. They're not cops. They don't need to be fucking Magnum P.I. up in this bitch. You just need to stand there and go, please go around. Because only assholes put their hands on people. And it's clearly evident that the Bennett family is a bunch of fucking assholes. I have no faith in the system, but I hope in my heart these dipshits are going to feel... Some goddamn pain. So, we're going to go to a music break, and as we go out, 
thought I'd play some sound bites from news and social media nuggets that are just fucking hilarious. And then, we'll go into news and social media nuggets. The first one is the M word. Yeah, marijuana. Wait till you hear what they say, saying the M word is now. And then an atheist going on about, they want a day, goddammit. They want atheist day. See you on the other side. Stop saying marijuana. Why? Because it's racist ass The term was used to knock on people of color and their devilish ways. Now, the word itself isn't inherently racist, but it was used by American prohibitionists to exploit racism and xenophobia. So by using the M word, you're ignoring a long history of oppression against Mexican immigrants and African Americans. Let's go on a quick history lesson, shall we? Weed has been consumed by the Americans since the 1840s. It was even sold over the counter as medication to treat insomnia, migraines, and rheumatism. But it didn't become controversial until the early 1900s, when millions of Mexicans migrated to the U.S. following the Mexican Revolution. With them, they brought marijuana, and their customs to smoking it casually and regularly. But the term was then popularized in the 1930s by this man. Harry Anslinger was the director of the Federal Bureau of Narcotics from 1930 to 1962. Now, Anslinger believed that marijuana influenced black and brown people to commit murder or violent crimes, which is ridiculous, because all I see people do when they smoke is sit on their couch, watch TV, eat munchies, and fall asleep. So his solution was to launch a vicious propaganda campaign against marijuana and associate it with all inferior races or deviants. Anslinger traveled across the country to convince people that marijuana was something that was invading the U.S. He even pronounced the drug as marijuana to make it sound Hispanic and foreign and scary to white people. The campaign played on through 1937 when Anslinger successfully pushed to pass the Marijuana Tax Act, which made the drug illegal at a federal level. Since then, marijuana has been associated with the notion of addiction or living a lesser life. Instead of a herbal medicine that seems to help people with several health conditions, or simply as a way to just relax after a long, hard day's work. You might argue that marijuana lost its prejudice bite years ago, but you can't ignore the racial implications of its introduction to the American lexicon. Besides, nothing has changed. This whole conversation is actually very deja vu. We're still trying to fight the negative stigma that clings onto a plant in 2000, all because of white men such as Jeff Sessions and Steve Alford who keep making terrible remarks when trying to make marijuana the culprit for crime. Organizations that advocate for legalization and even some media publishers, including Now This, have stopped using marijuana to describe anything that contains THC or any other cannabinoid. So what's the right word to use? Cannabis. Call it by its Latin name and you'll not only be technically correct, but also politically correct. We have a plan. We want to make March 23rd Atheist Day. We are announcing it in preparation for us all to join together and celebrate March 23rd, 2019 as the International Day for All Atheists. Every year on this day, atheists and atheist allies from around the world will come together and announce to the world constant shaming and blaming, demonization and oppression, imprisonment and murder of our fellow atheists needs to end. 
سيجتمع كل ملحد وكل مؤمن بحق الملحد في اعتقاده ليعلنوا للعالم أن الظلمة القمع السجن والقتل لرفاقنا علي أن ينتهي Take part in our efforts to make the world more friendly towards atheists and lend your voice to us by announcing that you're not ashamed to be an atheist. شارك معنا في إعلانك بأنك محد وبأن كونك واحدا منا لا يعيبك. Or if you're not an atheist, share your voice and tell the world that you will stand with your atheist brothers and sisters in their fight against injustice and real discrimination is atheists. وإن كنت لست ملحدا شارك معنا بصوتك لتعبر للعالم عن رفضك التمييز ضد إخوانك وأخواتك من الملحدين. We have decided to use a green circle as a symbol for our movement. Learn about its meaning and get updates on the events we are planning next year on atheistday.org.
Gotta read. Translated to Fop Podcast is the best. Only you can do my bonus. And listen. Only you can do my bonus. Wing and listen. Wing and listen. Wing and listen. Poking at the media bubble, one podcast at a time. Here's Tony Reed. This, this is this is something, man. This is this is our generation, man. All you people, we're all together, man. It's groovy. And dig yourselves because it's really groovy. Now it's time for news and social media nuggets. The crazy stuff that makes your host lose his mind. It's a whole new ball game on campus these days, and they call it PC. PC? Politically correct. And it's not just politics, it's everything. It's what you eat, it's what you wear, and it's what you say. If you don't watch yourself, you can get in a buttload of trouble. For instance, right see these girls? Yeah. No, you don't. Those are women. You call them girls, and they'll pop your figs. All right, no military corner because we're getting right into it. University to host whiteness in decline event. Ooh, doesn't that sound sexy? The lecture titled Whiteness in Decline, the emotional politics of white nationalist resurgence will take place April 12th to include a presentation from Professor Paula Ionide of Ithaca College in New York. Her remarks will touch the imagined and real losses of entitlement white Americans have come to expect and the ways that connect to the resurgence of white nationalism, according to an online description of the event. Ionide argues that the reactionary emotional politics of white nationalism indicates both the precarious structure of white domination and the effectiveness of racial justice movement. A flyer for the event states Ionide, a professor of comparative race and ethnicity studies, did not respond to College Fix request for comment. The alert is a six-part campus lecture theory series titled Critical Issues in Cultural Studies. What do you think they are? Forgotten Man in the Trump Era. Ooh, sexy. Feminist Ecology and the Alt-Right Use of Social Media. Another one is... Uh, an Illinois-Chicago professor, Adrian Massonardi, the techno-libertarian ideals of Reddit and its cultural of anti-feminism, trolling, and ambivalent humor are reflected in the site's most prominent alt-right spaces. Hmm. I don't see me signing up for that. Conservative display destroyed again with capital kill, capitalism kills on St. Olaf. Yes, liberal students groups at St. Olaf College recently put up signs accusing conservative classmates of white supremacy and calling a cap, calling capitalism a mean of oppressing poor people. The signs were put up shortly after anonymous vandals tore down Turning Point USA displays. Professors at another college, they want colleges to pay women extra for emotional labor. Oh my freaking God. You want equality, but you're so emotional, you need extra cash? Did you think about that before you typed it in an Excel spreadsheet? Come on, circular logic. 
A communication studies professor wants colleges to compensate female faculty members for their emotional labor, such as supportive communication and generally making a person feel good. Brandy Lawless argues that emotional labor is equivalent to other academic work, such as teaching, doing your fucking job. Really? God damn. And then my favorite of the session, and we got a lot today, librarians invent new queer mystic microaggressions. Okay, first of all, queer mystic's not a word, but I guess we made that up. But so is microaggressions. Somebody just made that shit up so they want to get paid. The latest guide published by his prolific Simons College librarians warns students and professors against queer mystic microaggressions rooted in the hatred or hate of LGBT people. The same group of librarians have published several similar guides, including Satanist microaggressions and other warnings students say, like, God bless you. Well, that's just fucking horrible. Uh, let's get down. I'm not prejudiced. I don't... Okay, BuzzFeed article that warns against making hateful comments such as, I'm not prejudiced. I don't have a problem with lesbians. Is she a lesbian or did she just give up on men? <laughs> okay, that could be wrong, but uh, the other two, get over yourself. These microaggressions apparently fit into the broader societal pattern of queer misa, which the librarians claim is the hatred of LGBT people stemming from the heterosexual stronghold on institutional power. Librarians also warn that straight people enforce heterosexuality on society because of their desire to maintain heteronormativity, a term that refers to the fact that straight people overwhelmingly outnumber LGBT people. I want to stop for a second. I never hump my wife in public. I give her a peck on the cheek. I, most people would think we're brothers and sisters. You people walk around shoving your sexuality in everybody's face. So what the fuck are you talking about? Seriously. How about men? Want to bash some men? Sure. Pitt displays call, be a man. Example of toxic masculinity. Hey, look at the little flyers. Some good shit. Uh, patriarchal society, hegemonic masculinity, gendered social status, power, integrity, socialistic inequality, social reproduction of patriarchy. They have the male protagonist bingo, killing spree, vigilante, criminal, military rank. Oh, God damn, can't have that. Cold and aloof, white. White's on there. If you get white, you gotta go back. You do not get $200. Anti-hero, loss of armor, uh, bald crew cut, no patience for politics. You, 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 do you realize people sit in a room all day thinking this stupid shit up? Think what they could really, maybe they could cure cancer and stop being dumbasses. Another professor, it's miserable to work with evil conservative students. Yes, love it. A Siena College professor quit her school's committee on civil discourse because it made her miserable to work with conservative students. Campus Reform obtained an email that showed Professor Jennifer McCrellin's expressing her disdain for school Turning Point USA president who plans to hope Jame O'Keefe. I'm not going to read it. It's the same old shit. They're horrible. They're all xenophobes. Arr! Professor puzzled that conservative resists social justice course. Dig this one. Two UNC Charlotte educator professors 
interviewed 35 students who had recently completed one of their early education diversity courses in hope of better understanding why many white students are resistant to social justice ideology. The professor concluded that students who hold conservative views may become less culturally sensitive and open-minded when exposed to diversity courses because they feel alienation from the conservative white community. Did you hear that riddle? Batman? So they don't want to learn it because they want to be racist. That's what we all want to be, racist. No, they don't want to go to your ideology classes because your entire fucking class is you're evil because you're white. I bet if anybody reversed the trend and said we're going to have a class about blacks are bad, A, that would never happen. But B, how many black people are going to roll on in there? Yeah, tell me how much I fuck. I suck. I want to know how much I suck. Nobody wants that. Good God. Then another professor at the University of Florida Gulf Coast. Conservative students are a racist mob. This one I gotta break down. His name is Thornhill. Explain that he has more respect for the KKK than the aforementioned group because it's more honest about its supremacist beliefs. America is a racist country. This is a racist society. That is unarguable. Central character in the on-campus white racist mob enlaving campus reform, college fist, Turning Point USA, the college Republicans, students for liberty among them. You can't be capitulated to these folks. They use evil and insidious strategies and don't have facts. Don't use logic. You can immediately spot um, folks of color get it. They get fed by Fox. Huh. I just want to say something to y'all. Because of y'all, I was able to go on CNN when I write the book. I'm going to dedicate it to them. He later commented, singularly, I could see their media in the room. I attack white men and women. I'm equally opportunity. White people, if you want to be a good ally, be quiet and know your place. Material consequences for challenging white people's authority. And so we need to make sure they get some consequences. He then switches focus to the different massive manifestations of blackness, calling one group salient, the other not. The salient group includes individuals like himself and Malcolm X, while confused folks of color such as Clarence Thomas and Ben Carson were attacked as liars. I don't think you can play the middle. They're all liars, he said, asserting that white people use them, confused people of color, for racial cover. The colleges prefer blacks that aren't racially salient so they can be sprinkled around for the benefit of white people, he added. I don't make shit up. I'm honest. Mostly anyway, if anything. Huh. No logic or facts. All I have to say is one word. You're fucking racist. My second word I would say, microaggression. Idiots like you created that. There's no facts in that. If you walk in a room and you you feel uncomfortable because you're black, that's on you, bro. Because there's so many laws in the world, nobody's fucking nobody gives a fuck. They're trying to get an education, you dickhead. Then we get worse than that guy. A member of the Clemson University student media recently hung a sign on the door of school's conservative student newspaper proclaiming "Punch Nazi homophobes." It it wasn't taken down. No, it, it got to stay there. Another one that's just insane. Students threaten over failure to attend sexual assault play. Washington University in St. Louis is threatening students with a formal written warning if they do not either attend an event on sexual assault prevention or write a two-page essay on the topic. 
One student claims that they play conflicted with the schedule's class times, worries that the warning would make transferring difficulty after seeing an email outlining the school's requirement. So they're forced to go to brainwashing, and if they don't, they're in trouble. That's pretty totalitarian there. Just want to throw it out there. Another area was University of Minnesota Duluth. Basically, pro-life group to fame with thank anti-feminist flyers. They actually made a whole flyer about myths and facts and basically said, because of pro-life, can't be feminist. They're pieces of shit. Hmm. Okay. Vandals dismantled pro-life display at Clemson. Clemson University has become the latest scene of vandalism against a pro-life display. Basically, they even put it on social media. Nothing happened to them. Somebody asked, why did I just see a bunch of crosses saying, in honor of all the lives lost to abortion on campus? Taylor Aaron, kick them and rip them out of the ground now. And they did it. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that makes sense. Now I'm going to go into an article I haven't done in a long time. This is uh, MRC's Alt-Left Insanity. This this one they did was dolphin sex, melting mascots, and Polish jokes, and more. Their note is, these dispatches from the left edge of the world do not make sense. They should not make sense. If they start to make sense, seek professional help. So long and thanks for all the nookie. Since the market abhor a vacuum, Shape of Water-inspired dildos are earning rave reviews at places like Slate. But the Huffington Post, Ashley Feinberg, has no time for mere baubles of unfilled aquatic fantasy. She found a fish fornication expert to review the shape of water. That's a real thing. What the fuck? Sorry, I never read this. Um, Malcolm J. Brenner sleeps with the fishes, or he did back in the 70s, and it was an aquatic mammal, not a fish. But the fact is, according to Feinstein Brenner, fell in love with and ultimately made love to a dolphin named Dolly. That's it. I'm not reading anymore. He fucked a dolphin. Speaking of species, do you want to join in excitement of March Madness but you don't know how much about base basketball, the NCAA, or any of the schools playing? Just try a few of these conversion starters from the National Wildlife Foundation Mascot Madness. Villanova Wildcats, eh? Great team. It's too bad climate change has caused a decrease in legs. Oh, come the fuck on! How about Rams? You know, bighorn sheep like them are projected to be challenged by a rapidly melting snowpack. You fucking people ruin everything. Pronoun Palooza. LeBeau is their new word. A unique blend of masculine and feminine and has spent their life exploring their own gender identity. As signified by the cropped hair, charcoal mustache, and oversized slacks in the film's opening, LeBeau presents in a masculine way and it is what marked the director out for the parents when they embarked on their pregnancies two decades ago. Broadly talking about a single person, a girl lives as a dude and did her did during her two pregnancies. Broadly. Okay. Don't offend the strippers, dear. Did you know there's a U.S. pole dance federation? I did not know that. Seriously, it's regularly host event and comp- competitions that showcase the athleticism of pole dances as a physical feat. There's also a movement to make pole dancing an Olympic sport. There are pole dance studios, YouTube exercise channels. So stripping is a culture now? Yes. And so are other forms of sex work. They have their own academic experts and everything. 
The push to refrain pole dancing as an edgy but not too edgy form of exercise is part of a bigger story of non-sex working women appropriating sex workers' culture and theoretically innovations, but at the same time doing all they can to distance themselves from sex workers, says Heather Berg, a lecturer at USC, who researches labor, sex work, and public policy. All this reinforces and reinforces the stigma against sex workers. Later on, for conservative feminists who lament recreational pole dancing as evidence of pornification of culture, the worst thing that can happen to a woman is that she'd be compared to a sex worker. Berg says this is a serious implication for sex workers in general, since it reinforces the idea that sex works means violence and degradation, thereby naturalizing violence when it does happen. I'm so confused. So if I call a woman a stripper, I'm violating me too. And they want to use that in the Olympics? Are they trying to improve the ratings? Because, and my wife doesn't listen to my podcast, but if they were like pole dancers in the Olympics, you know, I'd probably watch. <laughs> this one's a story from Alabama. Pro-life sidewalk counselor wins case after getting thrown in cuffs. Judge acquitted a 66-year-old woman after she was arrested while advocating for life outside an Alabama abortion clinic. The municipal court of Huntsville, Alabama, found Allison Harris not guilty in Huntsville versus Allison Harris, a decision following court deliberations. The decision came after police arrested Harris, a pro-life sidewalk counselor, on May 26 and charged her with disorderly conduct for praying outside the clinic and attempting to talk to the patients as they entered the clinic. Her arrest came after she tried to persuade women seeking abortions at the Alabama Women's Center for Reproductive Alternatives, that's a neat little thing. Reproductive alternatives. Yeah. Don't reproduce. Kill it. One of them, well-known clinics in Alabama, to consider other life-affirming options. The officer arrested Harris at the abortion clinic, requested a warrant for arrest, following the use of a megaphone to spread her message. Once again, showing liberals are so tolerant. I can yell all day on a megaphone. Fuck Trump. Fuck Trump. Fuck Trump. I'm praying for you. You fucking devil. Fucking people kill me. Kansas is a great state. I might actually move to Kansas. It wants the Supreme Court to kick Planned Parenthood out of Medicaid. They are actually in the appeals process. They want them off the Medicaid because it's forced to them by the federal government because they don't want them in their fucking state, and I hope they goddamn win. They're in the 10th U.S. Circuit Court, so they got a shot because they're in the 9th. They're fucked. Another one, Planned Parenthood goes to middle school health fair. Parents, parents seriously mad. I'm going to read it again. Planned Parenthood goes to middle school health fair. Now, I want to pause for a second. Not a lot of health happened at Planned Parenthood, folks. No prenatal, breast exams, but no mammograms. Get your freaking STDs hooked up. You can get some pills, and you sure the fuck kill a baby. But why is that in middle school? Let's find out. I'm not happy, but unfortunately we have a huge generation of children who are not being parented and they're learning on their own from other kids. Parent Linda Ramirez, a liberal, explaining it's inappropriate to promote an abor- abortion organization at a school fair for young children. Monroe's California Clifton Middle School hosted a fair as part of the citywide project, March 4 Balance, aimed at providing better mental health resources to prevent suicide and other harmful behaviors. I guess abortion is not harmful. Okay. Ramirez and other parents expressed anger over being robbed of the opportunity to talk to their own children about sexual activity and safe practices. 
Many were also upset topics like sex, contraception, and abortion were broached with the young students who most parents feel aren't ready for such subjects. While our intent has been purely in support of our children and our community, a process did not meet our needs, said the superintendent, Catherine Theorosian, who kind of wrote an apology, but she really didn't. Once again, how do you get David Hogg and Emma for change? You have educators like this. Shove it down their neck. Now, once again, this is the same shit Obama started. That's why these people do this. When you say kindergarten kids got to be able to shit next to each other because a kid might be a transgender five or six years down the road. Well, God damn it. What do you expect? Then this one, I'm not going to go into it, but it just cracks me the fuck up with the hypocrisy of it all. Damn congresswoman seeks restraining order against transgender intern. If that was a fucking conservative, do you think it'd just be a little article I found on the internet, folks? You fucking transphobe! Fox News brings up some more liberal craziness. This is actually a fucking article. Eating vegan diet promotes white masculinity, sociologists argue. Here we go again. I thought meat was bad last podcast. What the fuck? So what am I supposed to... I'm white. I just don't eat, right? You just want me to die. Got it. Ann Bolvin, this is hard to write. My husband of 33 years, a veteran, was changed from conservative into an extreme alt-right crazy. Who is to blame? Fucking Facebook? Constant clickbait? I feel like I'm married to a stranger. Class action against Facebook? I'm in. That's real. She's fucking serious. That wasn't a joke. Found that shit and said, what the fuck? Coming to a theater near you. This is Scotland. Today, we're launching a campaign on hate crime. Be greater than a hater and report any incident of hate crime by calling 101 or 999 in an emergency. Did you know on average 6,000 people per year become a victim of a hate crime? We will not tolerate any incidents of hate crime. We do not tolerate attempts to target any community by our misguided individual groups, and we will work with all our partners to resolve any issues. Be greater than a hater. When somebody finally asks, what the fuck is a hate crime then? Disability, race, ethnicity, religion, beliefs, sexual orientation, transgender identity. They are all protected characteristics against hate crime. Targeting someone because you think they are different than you is a crime. You may think online you're anonymous. You can create fake profiles. No one can trace you. That's wrong. The message you type and send can be traced back to you. The same laws apply to online messages, images, and videos. What you post now can affect your life later. Newt Hampson sums this goddamn excessive alt-leftism. I'd like to report a hate crime. I hate the Scottish police officers responsible for persecuting people for their thoughts instead of locking up actual criminals. Chad Felix Green. I'm a gay Jew, and I'm grateful every day that I live in a free country that doesn't discriminate thoughts, words, or how people feel about things. Sorry, Chad. Just like Down Syndrome mandatory abortions, this shit's coming to a theater near you. New York Magazine, Little Boy in Drag is Amazing, slays on the unru- on the runway. I'm not reading anymore. Mm. This kid is young as fuck, and they're saying how his lo- face lights up, and his gender fluidness is awesome, and that is pornographic as fuck, and I don't know why the fuck they can get away with it. 
LGBT activist rewrites Little Women to make men main character a lesbian. I wanted to see ourselves in the character. Louisiana, oh, oh sorry, Louisiana, Louisiana, Louisa, 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 whatever the fuck. May Alcott, classic novel, Little Women, will be reimagined in a graphic novel in honor of the 105th anniversary. A whole new generation is about to be introduced to Louisa May Alcott's Little Women. I said it right this time. The classic novel will be adapted into a vibrant graphic novel from young readers in celebration of the 150th anniversary, EU reports. Meg, Joe, Beth, and Amy say that the March family is blended, multiracial, LGBTQ, inclusive, with updates making it resonate to even wider swaths of today's young readers. Isn't that a bunch of PC bullshit? You fucking people. Which brings us to the root. Kaepernick is embodiment of slaves who jumped off slave ships. Yeah, buddy. Editor Stephen Crockett Jr., the notorious ex-football player Colin Kaepernick, is our king and a man who walks it, talks it. His Majesty Kaepernick is also the embodiment of slaves who jumped off slave ships to their deaths. And he's the man who now shows up at the depositions of the NFL owners he accuses of colluding to keep him out of the league wearing a Kunta Kente t-shirt. His words, not mine. Crockett labored Kaepernick, a negus, N-E-G-U-S, an Ethiopian word for king and ruler. And he notes Cap is the realest negus alive. He's the realest negus. Above a photo of the king, Crockett does the literary version of kneeling to royalty, writing, seriously, look at his gloriousness below. It may have been Barack Obama who reigned from 2008-16 as America's blackest man, but in 17, the undisputed winner of that title is Colin, a King Colin, writes Crockett. It didn't hurt that during this time, Kaepernick emancipated his hair from the bondage of cornrows to unleash an Afro crown that made Angela Davis call him for hair care advice. That's Angela Davis of the Communist Party fame, former member of J. Edgar Hoover's 10 Most Wanted List, and now radical professor emerite at the University of California, Santa Cruz. That's especially low company for a king. Hmm. Later on, he says, Kaepernick's a throwback to the era when men like Malcolm X would put their foot in a person's ass for coming at them wrong. This is our king, literally the walking spirit of all those slaves who said, fuck this boat, and jumped to their deaths by... N-word uh, showed up to Bob McMahon's disposition wearing a Kunta Kente t-shirt. Really? Wow. You're serious. Ugh. I was going to dovetail this with Jamel Hill saying respecting the American flag and national anthem is a dog whistle, but God damn it, I can't do it, man. What the fuck? He's a shitty quarterback. He could be fucking purple and nobody still get him. He sucks. So you and Jim L. Hill, fuck off. Move it on. Do you agree or disagree with the following statement? When I watch live sports or entertainment shows on television, I'm trying to get away from politics and do not want to be bombarded with partisan political messages. This was a large, large survey by McLaughlin Associates. It's national, 75.1% survey said yes. So NFL with 
Kaepernick in his Kunta Kente shirt. Shut the fuck up. 75% of the country said fuck off. I mean, even if you liberally twisted it, which you probably did, that's a glaring statistic that you're fucking idiot, ESPN. Bob Costas and all you other fucktards. That was a long segment on craziness. Let's move to some smaller craziness. World's largest collection of ocean garbage is twice the size of Texas. 6,000 square miles. That is fucking scary. And two more little stories. One, massive fentanyl grab yields enough fentanyl to kill everyone in Toledo. It was two pounds of the powder. So good on the cops. And then there's another drug. Officials drug laced with bug spray causes zombie reactions. CBS affiliate WTTV reports the drug is called KD. A heavy-duty bug spray like Raid is combined with either marijuana, tobacco, or spice. After the user smokes it, Indianapolis Fire Department Captain Chris Mayer says the user becomes a slow and lethargic drools and has loss of function. We find them with their clothes off, eating grass, pulling dirt out of the ground, and trying to put it in their mouth. Emergency responders have had almost a dozen overdose calls in one day, sometimes treating the same person multiple times in one day. As I say, with all the sex, doesn't anybody just have sex normal anymore? I will say, what the fuck, man? What the fuck, dude? Just smoke some goddamn weed. You're smoking Raid? What the fuck? Where did your life get off on the wrong exit? Do our lighter fare. Our first lighter fare just cracked me the F up. A hashtag trended that was hashtag millennial a quote. And originally I had the hate ceremony, or hate ceremony, hate section. <laughs> Everything's a hate ceremony in 2018. Everybody hates somebody. But um, it was too funny. So I brought it to the bottom, and here are just a sprinkling of the thousands that went out. Ryan Parker, don't cry because it's over. Smile because you Instagrammed it. <laughs> the People's Cube, the Lady Doth Nothing But Protest. Isn't that true? Rusty Shackelford, a man's mom's basement is his castle. <laughs> this one is fantastic. Andy McDonough, if you love something, set it gluten-free. Which still just, where did all this shit, everybody's got peanut allergies and they got candy. I have gluten and t- shut up. First and Monday, give a millennial a fish and they'll say no thanks. I'm a vegan. And that is too true. 103.9 Jack FM, good things come to those who tweet complaints. That's true. First and Monday came back again. The only thing we have to fear is I can't even, and that's them. Hal Sparks, time flies when you're on a phone. James Michael Sama, if you don't have anything nice to say, post it on social media and share your grievance with the world. <laughs> <sighs> Nowhere man, a bird in the hand is animal cruelty. There you go. Uh, the fault, dear sage, is not in ourselves, but in the patriarchy. You must be the change you wish to see in your roommate. 
Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words are violence and you're a Nazi. (laughs) Oh my God, this shit's so true. Kel Frillman, tweet others like you would like to be tweeted. Another one, give me a soy latte or give me death. And that sums up that Twitter screed. Really, really good. Um, then I found this. This is real. Um, Vice was covering it. They actually have a show that is going to be coming out with this in it. And it was, a, I guess, a trailer for it. You know, as I said just a few minutes ago, why can't people have sex normal? And why do they smoke crazy shit? Well, here's another one of those sex normals. These people are called echo-sexuals. And yeah, 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 they fuck the earth. You can teach me how to have a full body orgasm without having to do anything. Like, I'm going to be impressed. I'm here in Topanga Canyon to hang out with Alexandra Roxo, who's a spiritual mentor who studies sacred sexuality. She's going to show me what it's like to be fucked by the essence of nature. As part of teaching people how to reconnect with nature, Alexandra hosts moon rituals, dances with snakes, and a bunch of other fun outdoorsy stuff. Basically, she's a modern witch. What I'm really passionate about is leading women back into their bodies and back into pleasure. And like, you can experience a full body orgasm without anyone touching you. That's just the power of this vehicle. If you can teach me how to have a full body orgasm without having to do anything, like I'm gonna be impressed. Okay, say there's like this delicious wind coming by. Do you think you could experience just like the full body pleasure? Like if I just like let it, it can just come all the way into my heart. I like probably don't stop to notice like the sexual possibility of wind. Right. You haven't been taught that it's actually okay to feel pleasure all the time. It's like consent, you know? You can't just be like, oh, I'm sort of unconsciously walking through life, but I hope that the earth is going to fuck me any given minute. Like, you have to say yes or no. And in order to say yes, you have to be, like, present and open. And then we can invite in the elements and invite in some of nature. That makes sense, actually. Okay, good. I think I'm ready. As ready as I'll ever be anyway. So close your eyes. So the first thing I want you to do is to push your belly into my hand with your breath. So breathing in through the nose, push my hand with your belly. Yes, the juicy sexuality of the earth, it's not in the head, it's here. Okay. Feel the elements alive in your body. Do you like fire? Or do you like earth? Or do you like air? Or do you like water? Fire's my favorite. Let's connect with the element of fire. Okay. Let it come out through some sounds right now. What does your fire sound like? (sighs) Deeper. (sighs) Deeper. (sighs) Deeper. Let yourself get a little bit weird, okay? (sighs) Good. More. Like you're being fucked open by fire. You're just like... So it's a little bit more like rough sex, like fire, like the rough sex version of me. Yes. <laughs> Good. <laughs> I feel like I'm being domed by the earth right now, TV. Good. So stay with it. Let the fire. <laughs> like whatever. <laughs> Do 
you want to make a commitment to feeling more pleasure in your body always? I do want to make a commitment to feeling more pleasure in my body always. Do you want to make a commitment to the earth? I give permission to the earth to give me <laughs> pleasure anytime I want. <laughs> the more you feel nature in your body, the more you want to honor it. Then you might make a different decision about like what kind of car you drive or what kind of waste you put where because you are in this ecstatic union with nature. Yeah, I do feel like slightly turned on. You know where I come from, we call those people fucking freaks. The fuck is wrong with you humping the dirt? Good fucking God, man. And those people are better than you. You know, you understand that, right? Mike Pence is a piece of shit because he's monogamous and he doesn't want to actually be in a room with young people so that people might think that they're fucking him. And, and look what's happening to Trump. So why the fuck wouldn't he do that? And, yeah. These people are cool. Transgender's cool. Gay people that can't reproduce but fuck each other is cool. All this is cool. But if, you know, you have a Sunday night fling missionary style with your wife and your, you know, just a normal person, you're a mental fucking defect. So, having said that, I gotta balance out the world for a second. Here's Ranger Up. They have a funny spoof on cop shows where they basically eject all the goddamn ammo. And they don't have any ammo. And then they do a military-style takedown on Star Wars, which I'm going to be watching tonight. I'm going to rent the fucking thing and watch it because I haven't seen the, you know, one with Luke and all that shit. I know I'm not going to be happy because it has dick to do with the first two, which is all I really care about. But I'm going to watch it anyway. That's why I'm not listening to this. So, spoiler alert, they're reviewing the film. So, if you haven't seen it, fast forward to me ending this bitch. If not, get yourself some laughs. ready to do this partner i was born ready i'm getting too old for this shit looks like i picked the wrong week to stop sniffing glue that's a risk i'm willing to take are you thinking what i'm thinking i feel like a poet about to paint my best symphony this is getting emotional don't forget what they did to martha and jody akuna matata let's drop it like it's hot we might not make it through this. Well, I want to. Remember, no bright lights. Don't get them wet. And don't ever, ever feed them after midnight, no matter how much they beg. We still doing dinner at your place after? Yes. What do we have? Pasta. Perfect. I'll bring the wine. It's harvest time, and they're about to reap what we sow. We're two nerds and one cup of shitty Star Wars movie. We're about to drop a ton of spoilers, so if you haven't seen The Last Jedi, you probably shouldn't. But if you haven't seen it and you want to see it, don't continue watching. A lot of people have asked us, guys, why do you hate this movie so much? 
I think we've got a lot of strong reasons for that, Nick. Yeah, like how many? Like eight, nine? I'm thinking ten. Ten reasons why we hate The Last Jedi. Let's talk about Snoke. In The Force Awakens, we get introduced to this evil, deformed character that looks like a giant meat helmet, and we're all sitting here going, where the hell did this guy come from? Interesting, evil, like, probably going to be play a big part going forward, right? He fucking, he's around for 20 minutes, and then he just gets, like, lightsabered from the side. Like, he can, he can sense, like, this, that, and the other thing, but he can't sense a spinning lightsaber directly to his fucking right. You don't need the force for that. You can just use peripheral fucking vision. I would have been like, oh, shit, there's a lightsaber pointed at me. But not Snoke, Master, whatever the fuck he is, which we'll never know. And you know why? Because they fucking killed him 20 minutes into the goddamn movie. Let's talk about evaporating Luke Skywalker. Now, we've seen this in the past with Obi-Wan, and we've seen this with Yoda, but there's no real reason we don't understand why he suddenly just disappears into the ether of air around him. Yeah, Obi-Wan Kenobi gets cut in half by a lightsaber and disappears. Yoda is like 900 fucking years old, but Luke is just really tired. I'm really tired, you know? Like, it's been rough force-projecting myself after doing jack shit for a whole movie. Hey, Luke, I need some help. Can you help me out? No, I don't want to train you. I don't want to train you because I fucked up Kylo Ren real bad. The reason why all this is happening. Okay, will you mentor me a little bit? No, I don't want to do that either. I'm just going to sit in my cave. And then, boom, Luke's there. He's going to fight off all these ad-ats, but then what does he do? Nothing, because he wasn't there. He was force-projecting because he was too lazy to get in that fucking X-Wing that we saw for no goddamn reason and fly over and help out. And then, once he's done helping by just kind of, like, floating around like a hologram, he just disappears because he's a piece of shit. He's like, oh, I've had enough. I'm going into the Force. You don't deserve to be in the Force. Like, Yoda deserves to be in the Force. He did a bunch of shit. Obi-Wan did a bunch of shit. You did nothing. Come on. Why did they show us that X-Wing? I don't know. I don't... No one knows! And we never will! Because Luke's fucking dead now. Now let's talk about floating Leia, right? This big moment where, like, the ship it can't handle it anymore, and then, you know, boom, it explodes, she gets sucked out into space, and I'm thinking, you know what? Like, that's a good way for Carrie Fisher to go out, you know? Like, that's, that's solid. That's probably the most solid moment in this whole movie. Like, it just shows you life can evaporate in a second, you know? But that's not what happened. That's not what happened. What happened? Leia suddenly, even though she's only Force-sensitive, never been trained before, pulls this miracle out of her ass, somehow actually gets an air bubble to form around her so she doesn't die in the vacuum of space, which she's already frozen in, and then she floats... Oh, God, I'm so bored. The bottom line is she looked like Mary fucking Poppins, right? I'm watching Star Wars. I'm watching Star Wars. I don't want to be like, oh, look, I'm glowing, and now I'm floating back. Now just open this door for me, and I walk through, and I'm not dead now. God damn it! Let's talk about Finn. Finn sucks. John Boyega's a great actor, but uh, he didn't do too much in this film that impressed me. He hasn't done much, period. Let's, let's talk about what he did. In the first movie, he sits around, and he watches a bunch of people get murdered, then he runs away like a little bitch, and then he gets a crush on a chick that is way out of his league, and then he spends this whole movie trying to, like, run away and not accomplish anything, and, like, Rose has to save him. Which doesn't even make sense, because for fuck's sake, like, he was so far ahead of Rose, and he was gunning it straight, and then Rose comes around out of nowhere, maybe she used the Force, why not? Let's just fucking add that to the plot. Rose knocks him out of nowhere, like, I don't even know what he's there for. I don't know either. Let's talk about Ray. Although I really don't care what happens to her now. Yeah, I, 
I just don't care either. Is she the main character? I, I don't know. If she is, I don't know what the next movie is going to be about because she just kind of does this. The casino scene could have not been in the film at all, and it would have been just fine. In fact, the movie would have been better without it. We're in an 18-hour protracted chase scene with the Imperials, and there's only one way to save the day, and that's to go to a casino. And free the animals. And talk about how the animals are in rough shape, and like you shouldn't race animals, and... We can't even find the guy that we were looking for, so we go with this other guy that's in prison and like, oh my god, what the fuck? Who wrote this? Who wrote this? Who wrote this? Lightsabers, star destroyers, magical space wizards, Jar Jar Binks, the Death Star. But there is one thing that they haven't solved with all this technology and magic. What is that thing? Gas. It's gas. It's gas. And that's why I'm so happy that we decided to spend a whole fucking Star Wars movie on the premise that a fleet is running out of gas. And once they run out of gas, they're going to die. I hope it was unleaded. Yeah, because you know what? We wouldn't want to pollute the galaxy. The way you polluted my childhood, my children's childhood, because I grew up with real Star Wars movies, and these poor bastards nowadays, they have to grow up with this shit. Along with new technology, there's another nifty feature. You can now track spacecraft through light speed. Yeah. I mean, I can't tell you how shocked the Rebels were when they shot through light speed and then, boom, the First Order was right there behind them. But you know what the First Order can't do? Drive faster than five fucking miles per hour. Just two hours of... And we're following you, we're going to get you. Wait a second, why doesn't the First Order just accelerate a bit? No, no, impossible. Wait, why can't they just go to light speed and come up in front of them? No, no, that's way too complex. They haven't developed that kind of technology yet. They've got the entire armada. Why don't they just send out their TIE fighter squadrons to shoot at the shields? I don't know, maybe they tied one on last night. That was a TIE fighter pun. Let's talk about the Rebel Bomber Squadron. Now, my biggest complaint with this is they're traveling in the vacuum of space, they open the bomb doors, and suddenly gravity exists, and the bombs are just going to fall upon the dreadnought? Let's talk about my problem with this. Whatever fucking designer needs to get force choked to death, they created these bombers in the first place. I mean, let's, let's just put ourselves in the Star Wars universe. Forget about the fact that we have Bluetooth now, but let's say 60 years before the bombing incident... We had Anakin Skywalker on pod racers blasting around. This is like a trinket made by a child. Yeah, he's got the fucking metachlorines, but he's still a kid. This is a bomber that goes two miles an hour, and not only is it manned for no reason that I can think of, to drop the bombs, you need to push a big red button that's tethered to a wire like this is a 1987 BC fucking R. So when The Force Awakens actually ends, we get to see Luke on his deserted island. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, that was badass, and it actually had me really fired up for this movie. Yeah, but uh, unfortunately, the island is not as deserted as we once thought. No, it isn't. There's little green helper people. But that's not the worst part, because at one point, Luke grabs his knight's glass, and he walks up to this sitting sea goat, and he just gets a little bit at 2%. He's a little awkward to me. The scene was utterly ridiculous. I kind of liked it. 
Shut the fuck up, Phil. You're killing your father, Phil. Fucking loser. Can't stand you. Why don't you just go fuck yourself? Nice beard oil. I bet you thought Padme was just great character development. Your great, 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 great grandmother is embarrassed, Phil. Eat a dick, Phil. Hey, Phil, you want some seagoat cottage cheese, you piece of shit? Phil, you would have never made it out of the garbage compactor in the first Star Wars, you piece of shit! Well, I still liked it, though. So fuck you guys. Yeah, you better walk away, you disrespectful fuck! These kids have no respect these days. My god, like, they don't even respect art anymore. Jesus Christ. You don't deserve those medals! Bob Saget. X-Man. The old Bob Saget works every time. I didn't listen to it, but I, I doggone will give you a, my review uh, next podcast. I'll babble about it for a while. I did see a, a, a trailer of, you know, Mark Hamill weeping about some scene because he's now a super lib, and I just kind of went, why? What? Don't get it. Anyway, this wraps up another episode of Flyover Politic Podcast. Please feel free to share this with your family and friends and send comments about the trap by emailing F-O-P-P-O-D-C-A-S-T at gmail.com. Foppodcast at gmail.com. Get this show on SoundCloud, Podcast Addict, TuneIn Radio, iTunes, Google Play, Blueberry, Stitcher, and use that Podcast Addict app. All you got to do is search for Flyover. You'll see my logo. Remember to check out the Flyover Politic webpage at foppodcast.com. Foppodcast.com. It's a theme. To see links to feeds for the show, links to our Facebook page, and email us. There you'll also see a link to every episode on the episode release page and my blog on the blog page. I am going to go dark for a while. Um, I am going to celebrate my 31st anniversary. That's right. 1987. I ran into this really good-looking girl at a club. She asked me to dance because I was a wuss, and we got married. So that was 31 years ago. I'm going to go out and do some junking all over uh, Middle and Eastern Kentucky. Uh, hope to get some good finds, find some old radios. So my intent is to do a podcast the 6th. That's right. The 6th of April, Year of Our Lord, 2018. That'll be two weeks from now. I'm hoping to clear the thing because I, too, am getting sick of screaming about guns. Well, we got some other disaster. For those who are looking for Stormy Daniels, I'm not covering that shit. Stormy Daniels is run down your neck. I, I'll just say, sum up my opinion on Stormy Daniels because somebody actually sent me an email and asked why I wasn't, um, not featuring it on the show because they asked me not to. So that's why I'm not giving a shout out, a sticker and all that shit. Uh, the reality is we were educated by these same media members who told us that's private sex life. Secondly, why the fuck would somebody be impeached because they banged somebody 10 years ago when Bill Clinton laid waste to all of Arkansas, raped, pillaged, and burned? I mean, he was a Viking up in that shit, and you said it was okay. So I don't really give a fuck. I don't even remember Stormy Daniels because my porn days were over. So, no, let me reword that. Watching porn days were over. I was married. So I don't know. I don't really give a fuck about it. I think it's just like Russia and everything else. They just want negative news to go in there and freak out and go, ah, he's so bad. Yeah, got it. I was remarking to somebody today and asked me my opinion about it at work. And, and I tell you, the, the biggest thing about this whole Stormy Daniels, Russia, him firing people, yada, yada, you freaked out so much that when he does something really bad, most of America, like me, is going to be like, yeah, you're making it up. Because you made everything else up. 
I mean, we've been talking about Russia for almost two fucking years. I mean, come on, man. So, I mean, I think they're kind of overplaying their hand. But whatever. That's why I'm not covering it. So, we'll go with the six. Try to get another good podcast out. Some interesting subjects. Until then, I hope you all enjoy your spring break. Whatever that is. Over the next couple weeks. Enjoy your family. Disconnect from all your freaking electronics. And don't give the yeah yeahs And enjoy your family and friends. I will look forward to talking to you in about uh, two weeks. Which is... Pretty damn cool. That that should be a fresh, fresh look. For those that are looking for podcast uh, um, content, listen, I got like 200 and some, 260 episodes up there. So go back to some of the old ones. Got some good shit in the beginning. Not as good quality, but there's some decent ones across the board. And I leave them all online. If you can't get them through your app for some doggone reason or it's annoying like Podcast Addict, just go ahead and go to SoundCloud. You can pick up anyone, listen to it on your computer, and, and enjoy some of the older shows through the election, et cetera, et cetera. So until then, my friends, thank you all so very much for listening, and you take care. Thanks for listening to this episode of Five Over Politic Podcast. Remember to check out our website at foppodcast.com. And remember, it's a short ride. Make every day count.